It's been a long time since we've done a podcast together. Long time. You were number one back. Yeah. I think it's almost 10 years ago, honestly. Oh, man, I don't even want to think about it's, it. It's almost a decade. I think uh, I Bradley was, uh, G Monk was telling, sending me a text, I think, because he was episode two. And I think it was about 10 years ago. That's crazy. Man, that is crazy. We just did a trip together, which was, yeah. it was fucking awesome. amazing. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. Like full yeah. nerd town. Gig- giggles. <laughs> driving the Raptor around shooting incredible footage. Basically spending what, like the entire day, all day, every day taking footage. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were photos and footage. We were fully in our element. You remember I I told you the first day we went out and we were, we captioning that epic fog and the lake rising and all that stuff. And I was saying, I looked at you and I said, I think this is my religion. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> spiritual moment. I was like, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It feels that way. It feels like when you're out there, you're getting in touch with uh, nature in a way that, you know, we forget about. Just love it. And I know you do too. And, and just when you start photographing it, capturing it, it's like you have that photo of me that is hilarious, by the way, where it's like, yeah, I'm fishing, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm legit fishing, but we're fishing for images, right? We're just out there and we're waiting to capture something, but it feels like we're legitimately fishing and having a, it's like a fishing trip. It was a but fishing yeah. trip, basically yeah. a five day trip. When we were doing this, it was kind of a spiritual reset for both of us. You, both you and I are very intense with our lives. We have a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. We're very focused and we have so much happening. So we were like, let's take some time away from all of this chaos and like, let's hang out and let's shoot and that was incredible and and a part of that trip was like are you going to start the podcast up again you know you had talked yeah. to me about it and yeah you we're know, walking up a hill <laughs> yeah most many things yeah, yeah. walking up a hill and i was like hell man you gonna do that again <laughs> i was like the symbolism here is great yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah uh and i explained to you like why i stopped doing it and and um but you've always been you know there to support the idea of doing it and You've always mm-hmm. been in my corner as a champion as I have for you. And, and I think that's really an important part of life is having friends that are in your corner, pushing you and yeah. supporting you. And uh, so a lot of what I'm doing now, again, coming back to the podcast, considering I'm, I, and I made a whole video where I've explained where I'm not, there's no strings attached. I'm not sure how long I'm going to do it, how frequent it's going to be, but it's going to be a natural thing. And sometimes I do single episodes by myself and sometimes I bring my incredible friends on to talk about their lives and passions to share. But, but yeah, so we're here because you had mentioned that we're supporting it. And so thank you. So there you go, everybody. And that's it. (laughs) I brought it back. (laughs) I brought it back. (laughs) You did. You did. But we had such an incredible time and we talked a lot about many, many things. Cause you know, when we're doing a road trip like that, a five day trip where we're intense and we're shooting and we have a schedule and all this stuff, but we talked a lot about like, your process, what you had gone through since the last episode, you've directed two films. One of them is our house. Really? Did I do our, did we talk after our house or did we talk? Actually, I think was it released yet? I think I can't remember. I can't remember either. So we've talked twice on the podcast. I should have listened to that episode before this. Yeah, we should have prepped. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and whether, whether it's before or after, yeah, since, since we last talked, two features have come out with mm-hmm. my name on it. Only one of them is a feature that I enjoy. <laughs> and um, it's not because um, the performers or anybody who helped me get it made did anything wrong. It's that it was what I call uh, the ultimate mismatch. Mm. What do you mean by uh, that? 
I mean that when you when you get handed a Hollywood deal <laughs> and you get that that golden ticket mm-hmm. that you've dreamed of since you were a poor kid, you know, living in some, you know, terrible <laughs> place, yeah. and you get that golden ticket. Paint a little <clears throat> picture here for people that don't know you, know your path. Like, because oh, I know well, some of your stories, like, you know, yeah, well, you coming up. Both of us started with very little. Yeah. Um, and single parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a lot of, of resources. And so the dreams that we have of being, you know, who we are, um, are a lot further to get to. And so you have to do a lot of extra stuff because let's face it, these kinds of industries require um, dollars. And when you don't have them, you have to devote yourself to getting those things. And 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 so, yeah, it, it wasn't an... It wasn't a f- quick or easy road to get to where we are. Um, and we're and still so, on it. We're kind of like, and we're still moment. on it and it never ends. And it's, it's yeah. getting, and it's always shifting. You know, entertainment <laughs> industry is, is kind of hilarious right now. It's shifted uh, so much. Yeah. It's shifted so much. So much. Um, and COVID has shifted it even more. Can mm-hmm. you hear me? Okay. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's great. If I do this, I'm taking notes and I'm no, it's just, I hit my little. My new cool mic here. I, I asked um, Anthony to have the best mic possible, so we have well, delicious audio, yeah. so that I can sound like a good radio host. I, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, so when I finally did get my golden ticket, which, by the way, is a film called Our House, um, I had a, a number of films I was attached to, but the only one that sort of uh, ended up getting financing um, was one called Our House, and I had rewritten it. Uh, it was a script by Nathan Parker based on another feature film. Um, and I really liked the premise and I wanted to give it a lot more heart. And so uh, I said I would do it even though it wasn't really, how do I put this? It's not my dream film, but it was a movie mm-hmm. and it was getting made. And it was because I had rewritten it with a friend. We'd put a lot of really personal moments in it. And so I saw all the good in that project. And while filming it, it was a joy. Um, Well, most of it was working with the performers. Um, I did have one Mulholland Drive moment, um, which I won't get into, which is if you haven't (laughs) seen the film, there's a scene where they say, this is the girl. (laughs) Um, And I had one of those moments on that. And and I had the exact same reaction as the director that, in the film uh which is there's no fucking way and then but i have no power so yeah um and and ultimately everything went well until the edit right Mm -hmm. and i saw that i really as a filmmaker even though i had gone on this really long journey to get here and it was a dream come true to be on set and to be directing and, and doing all those things um it it was uh it was that moment where you realize that the business is a business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's a money that, machine. A money machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a money machine. Mm-hmm. And that dream of the kind of movie I wanted to make was not the dream of the people who had put their dollars in. Mm-hmm. But see, I didn't know that. And no one told me that. And the people mm-hmm. that I was dealing with said, oh, yeah, this is your creative thing. And, and this mm-hmm. can be your passion project. And I did a lot of things for free because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was my, my, I guess my fault is I shot the film. I, so I, I was the DOP and I did VFX and all this other stuff. And production um, design and. Yes. Well, no, I, I had a production designer on that one. So 
we'll get to that later, but sure. Um, so I had a full crew for our house. It was a real movie. You also starred um, in it as the little girl in the bathtub yeah, too. Yeah. And the creepy guy too. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, Cameos, but, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but ultimately, you know, um, like I said, it, I realized that it was the ultimate mismatch of the people who had put their money in didn't know that there was some guy out here trying to make this emotional tone piece. Mm. They thought they were getting uh, insidious. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely different. Yeah. Totally different, right? Yeah, yeah. Had I made the handshake early on that we were making insidious, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to disparage those kinds of films, but mm-hmm. it was one of those things where no one told me we were making insidious. And so <laughs> kind of important. To I had director. a joke. It was a joke. This <laughs> yeah. is the best part is that people I think have, I think my friend Howard, um, uh, caught Howard, Howard on- helped you out in that too, right? So yeah, Howard and Nick. Yeah, like, I, so they've been with me throughout all. Yeah, sweeties. since Manifold. Since Such Manifold. Sweeties. Yeah, um, Manifold is one of your first kind of like films, short films that you used as a as a thing that you've written, you wrote, you directed, you shot. Had uh, McHattie in there. It was wonderful. And this is what kind of sparked. And that was it. like the first thing we worked on together. Too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 This yeah. is you, this you is did. back in the day. Yeah. The robot thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and some of the UI. And Jacob on on there too, helping with the design too. That That's awesome. right, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. such a flashback. Shout out to Jacob. Yeah, if, you, um, if you've listened to the past episodes, you can kind of track what's happening here. So, but if you're new yeah. to to what Anthony does, this is going to make sense. So, yeah, and and what I do is I try to make movies for as little as I can, so that I can hold as much power as possible. <laughs> That's the, that's the way to that's do it. The, that's yeah. the basic idea. Yeah. That's the rule. And it's not because I feel any sort of way about collaborating. It's that, and I've said this to Ash many times, I want the films to feel like they have huge budgets and I have the best teams available, <laughs> but I don't have the dollars to spend on the best teams available. And yeah. increasingly so, the business doesn't have the dollars to spend on the best people. Yeah. Only the best people get sucked into, Disney. you know... <laughs> Disney, Marvel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have the money. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Tough. I'm not trying to fault them. It's Again, just the we can't, we're not disparaging. It's yeah, a yeah. business, right? Yeah. If, if I just did a um, a seminar at a film fest, and well, basically it was great. It was great. Yeah. But did you the do basic the whole idea film there, thing that you were explaining. Do you do the whole yeah. film? Ah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It went really, really well, and I so made sure it wasn't recorded so that I could actually give <laughs> the people of that community um, some some leg up. What was it called? What was the thing called? The Secrets of the Modern se- Filmmaking. Oh, what was the film fest? Yeah, yeah, the film fest. It was the Chilliwack Independent Film Festival. Oh, wow. Um, Very bespoke then. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I love this film fest, by the way, because there. <laughs> I, no, I went out there to that. It's it's in British Columbia, and I was invited out there because they wanted to show come true. Um, we're going all over the place here with the podcast now. Yeah, sorry, but, everybody. Sorry, he's we'll, asking we'll questions. Back. We'll go back to we'll our go house. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, this film fest. Uh, what I loved about it was it was it was it was uh, scrappy, mm. and everyone who was there was like really really down to do things. However, it took. Those it wasn't a, yeah exactly. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't about you know how many crew members you have or the you know what awards you won or anything it's like yo just get out there and make things and so i wanted to give them a bunch of reality doses <laughs> that are sometimes depressing but also really empowering mm-hmm. because the thing about this is that if you can learn as many tools and get as good as you can um then you don't have anybody telling you can't do it yeah you know you've learned yeah. that yeah i've learned that and 
as technology, uh, you know, gets better and better, it makes it easier for us artists to create things uh, with less um, dollars at stake. Yeah, there's a more through line from your soul to your audience. Yeah, yeah, and the less dollars you have at stake, the less there is to risk, and then you don't have to worry about being safe mm-hmm. because being safe is what causes us to get bored with media. Yeah, safe media is boring. Yeah, um, all of our favorite movies were hated when they came. Well, well most of them, most of them were hated yeah. when they came out because they were so fresh. It was it was scary. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Blade Runner is so fresh, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Two thousand one is so fresh, it's scary. Yeah. The thing is so fresh, it's scary. And you know all those movies they 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 were blessed to be made because now it would be near impossible to get any of those through. Um, yeah. Think about trying to make like Beetlejuice or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh luck. man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. the fight that they had to make too. I'm sure they had a battle. Definitely. Every, every filmmaker that's well, any, ever made anything has had a battle. You know? Yes. Yeah. I talk about the, the, the big change though is the captive audience, right? Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is when a studio is making hand over fist like they were in the eighties, um, a little thing like Beetlejuice can come come in under the radar and get made. Yeah. Um. I recently found out, you know, that like most of David Lynch's movies have never made any money. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that. I mean, that makes sense, though. <laughs> it does make sense. So obscure, and but they have such like, a niche oh, audience. Like they they keep they keep getting made, so there must be some back end to that, right? And you go, no, well, actually, no. The reason they got made is they're prestige pieces, mm. and it's the same thing as a lot of the award season stuff. They're prestige pieces for the studios, but they they aren't the big breadwinners, right? Well, yeah, but makes sense, without yeah. that captive audience of home video and mm. theatrical, yeah, with everything spread out, and let's face it, everybody pirates now. Mm. Um, how do you streams, make? Yeah. yeah, how do you make dollars? And the streamers don't pay very much for your, your films either. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so getting back to, to our house, the whole point is it was the ultimate mismatch. And I really, I wanted to make a movie so badly that I, I, I think I missed some things. Yeah, I remember know? that. You were so eager and so pumped. And I think you had, yeah. uh, you know, um, you had those glossy eyes for it, which is oh. wonderful because you're like, oh, man, I finally get to be a director. You know, I've worked so hard. I've, I've checked all my boxes. And I have people I telling me I'm going to be able to make the movie I want. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that the business aspect of that is that they always say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they probably said that in. to Fincher. Oh, they probably said that to Fincher on <laughs> Alien Three. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're totally going to and exactly yeah. same exact thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, and, yeah. and you so, can't really fault them for that either because nope. they they're in the business to make movies. Oh, they saw so, the potential. Actually, yeah. I, I see it as a positive. Is that they thought this movie was going to be, you know, I think a lot smaller and worse than it was, <laughs> and so it wouldn't really matter. But when we started to see the dailies and we started to see how great Thomas and the kids were, mm. you know, uh, Percy and Kate, uh, that whole core family, when they saw the dailies on that stuff, they got excited and they were like, oh, I think we can make this into something big. Mm-hmm. And um, a side joke is, is uh, remember, we got to the Howard part. The Howard part is that he recorded me saying to them one day, um, there will not be any smoke monsters in this movie. I'm so sick of ghosts being this fluttery smoke. It's not scary. And so I devised doing the the sort of dark shadows that we've sort of become enamored with. Um, yeah, the the sleep de- um, sleep paralysis. Uh, yes, yes. Things that we I, see I, universally in our darkest nightmares. If you're listening and you've had sleep paralysis, this is what it's called, right? The technical yes. term. Yeah. When you're sleeping 
and you wake up in sleep and you look up and there's a dark figure completely void of any light and it's got glowing eyes it's usually the case and you can't move and it's just yeah it's because your body yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's a condition where your body you wake up before your body has released the chemicals that a lot basically you get paralyzed when you're sleeping so that you don't act out your dreams Mm -hmm. and when there's when there's a problem there and there's a disconnect all of a sudden you wake up but you can't move mm-hmm. and for whatever reasons yeah. we're going into sleep paralysis yeah um, well, this is going to lead see, into come true the, eventually yeah you see <laughs> you see these shadowy creatures mm-hmm. and from off mm-hmm. yeah off to me was like the the like i mm-hmm. wanted to test to see how it would look right let's <laughs> can we do it and <laughs> the then franklin that, character yeah. yeah the franklin character and that right away that was what i was like okay that's how the ghosts are going to look in our house mm-hmm. um uh, when he, when Anthony says off to, sorry for those that are listening, um, yeah. we, we did a title sequence together, together. Yeah. and it was for off Barcelona, um, Barcelona, like seven years ago or something like that. Probably more. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a really fun voyage up into the Pacific Northwest and just a really yes. kind of a special project for us both and kind of a spiritual thing we look to often. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. And, and it was, it was also, um, I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before. It was kind of a middle finger to to motion graphics at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So to, yeah. So, so at the time there was a lot of like, uh, motion, motionographer, motion, like motion graphics and stuff ha- has a tendency to build itself on trends. And those trends are built on tutorials and an ecosystem of sharing, which is wonderful. And, but what you get from a lot of that is people are, the creatives aren't thinking outside of the tutorial. They're going, okay, cool. Like you show me the A to B points and I can click those buttons, but I'm not thinking independently. That's derivative. That's boring. We weren't really interested in that. So we were like, we're not even going to do any of those kind of things because we had done um, the FITC Tokyo title. And that was like, I, I can't remember which was before. I think I was think off was first. Off was first. And then, yeah. then, then it was like, okay, we did the movie thing. Now let's go full on full ham into yeah. the motion graphic stuff and really make a statement. Like this is what I consider to be motion graphics. Like this is full kinetic, you know? So, um, but that was, yeah, I guess it was cause it was like a title sequence. That was like a well, at that time. <laughs> ev- no, at that time, everybody expected Ash Thorpe was going to do some person going, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. that's what they expected of the titles. And mm-hmm. it's like, the we made thing, art together though and it was but the best thing yeah. was when we showed hector he loved it like it was yeah, so cool that he, he appreciated he appreciated that we had done something uh not expected and since that i think a lot of people have done sort of short film type openings yeah. off which you is know. really cool it's yeah, opened it up cool. the gates i think which is yeah really to not wonderful. to just not do what people expect you to do and and also and have the balls those, to do it we were pretty t- scared of that too honestly people's reactions to that i wasn't well, i was i don't i just don't care and yeah. i think that's that's my You're that's what me, I, though no <laughs> i just love that i love that because <laughs> i as, as someone who likes to create stuff i just I, I cared for way too long, mm. you know, and it yeah. really hurt me. It yeah, hurt it me to you. care about stuff. Like when you would be working on stuff and, and trying to manifest art to impress. Yeah. It's the worst. It feels terrible. It's a bad fuel. But, it's but a, you, it's a high yeah. octane fuel, but it doesn't last long. Yeah. No, it burns no. you out. And then you're it just like, you what the fuck do I have left? I have nothing yeah. left. No one cares about me, even myself. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about me. Yeah, I haven't uh, pre- created enough 
bleepy blurps. Yeah, it's like <laughs> is that what you call fine art? Bleepy blurps. No, no, that's what I call UI. Bleepy blurps. It's like <laughs> like it's like you can get to the point where because I was deep in in MoGraph for many years. Yeah, like ah, uh, what was that? Well, there was kind of a bread and butter for both of us for a while there. Yeah, like I, I'm like I'm like old school MoGraph.net. <laughs> Wow. like yeah man dial up like, aol disk style yeah no <laughs> seriously mograph.net that's where i was creating stuff in in uh you know the people i looked up to back in the old days like renaissance i don't know if you remember that yeah. oh there was yeah. some there were some gnarly people out there doing there stuff in 3ds and stuff mm-hmm. and it was just really great stuff but i got i, th- I think personally i got way into the the impression the, the, the creating stuff to impress mm. so that you could have a show reel so that you could get a great job you know sure. that's what i mean listen it's a, that poor kid thing again i just want to get a job and I'm, I'm so excited to do this and i want to do this art and i love doing it yeah but you're you're i was still doing things um probably disingenuously <laughs> yeah i think we all do in the beginning especially what yeah. you say it's like we could because yeah. we're told what we think the light the world wants of us it's almost like in that fight club scene where He's sitting in the bathtub and he's talking to Tyler and he's saying like, you know, and I went to my dad and I said, Hey, I went to college. And he's like, well, and then he's like, what next? And he's like, well, I don't know. Have a family. And he's like, you know, it's like, if yeah. you don't know what you're doing and what you should be doing, that's a problem. You need to know who you are, what you're doing yeah. and move forward through life and with that. How intention. to read, how to read what your heart is telling you to do. That's, that's really a real hard, hard thing. Yeah. You're one of my f- closest friends that I know is a definitive artist. When I think of artists, I think of you. And I think in the case of not in the, you know, like a, well, I'm an artist. I think of, of it more of you're very staunch in your belief of following your vision. You've gone through enough where you're just like, no, this is what I believe in. This is what I want. And it's a, it's a pillar. It's something I admire. I think, you know, it's a rare, even thing. when it's I know it's trait. wrong, even when I know it's wrong. And that's the, that's the rough, <laughs> that's part. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so our house, obviously, you know, my, I quit that movie, which in Hollywood is not done. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when you I do lost, that, you just, you ruin, yeah, so, you basically so burn everything. You ruin, you, basically the way that that movie was financed, it was financed under the, uh, these packages that William Morris did at the time where, which actually, I guess it came out later that they weren't, this was kind of like a not cool thing to do these kinds of packages. But um, what do you mean by they, packages? So what they do is they put, you know, I'm a William Morris director. Mm-hmm. They get William Morris cast, they get William Morris writers. And so it's like this, this ecosystem of all their clients working sure. and then they, they finance it. So that's cool. It's like a well, package deal. It's a package deal, but what it means is it's all their people, right? Mm, yeah. Whereas, Maybe it's not necessarily the best people for the job sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they, they did these anyways and they would sort of push these packages. But so I was let go by my, my agent. I was let go by my management because they had to, because they can't represent someone who's willing to uh, tell people to do. Can we swear in this podcast? You can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> It's a free country here, at yeah, least for the, now. The ghost, it's the ghost tour. Maybe it'll change um, by the time we're done this episode. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. you're peaking, <laughs> you're peaking a little bit too. Okay, I don't know. okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off a little yeah. bit. Yeah, peaking. Yeah, I'm trying to control it here. I'm watching it. I just so. turned it down. I just turned it down. Okay. I know. See. Go ahead. I need a compressor on this thing. Yeah, compressor would help. Yeah. But okay, so you're saying they have package deals. You 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 quit the film. So like in the I beginning, because the, the film was developed 
written by somebody else. You came in, rewrote the script. Everything yeah. in the film starts with the script, obviously. Yeah. Well, it starts with an idea and a director's yeah. vision, and then the script kind of manifests itself. But that's the thing everybody builds on. That's where budgets and, 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 and casting and all that stuff happens. And then you went from that and went out and directed the film, put it all together. And then you did a, you did an edit of that film, did you not? Yeah, I did a cut of the film. And it was one that I was very proud of. And it actually really, really moved people. Mm. But it wasn't overtly scary. Yeah. It, the, the fear was existential, which I love. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing. And the problem, I think, with the kind of horror that I've always wanted to create, whether you know it was our house or people had seen my earlier short Father's Day from the anthology um, holidays, um, they're not overt horror, right? They're not like jump scare things. They're they're like I said, I call them existential, where you feel an, an emotional horror, where where I'm trying to mine the feelings that that make you scared. Yeah, if Rob and, Zombie's over here on the left, you're all the way on the right of Rob Zombie. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> what you think? You and Rob Zombie are on the level? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I've always wanted to have dreads. I just couldn't grow them. Um, <laughs> Talk about dreads. Okay, I'm not trying to bash on Rob Zombie. Too, by the way, I've yeah, always wanted to, to drive him. into Dragula. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> the the dun, point is, dun, is that dun, dun, yeah. that that yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I know. Um, such a so stupid. I know. Sorry. At one point, I'm going to make you do the Arnold voice. Okay, continue. Great, great. Yeah, we can talk about that. One of Ash's ideas for off Barcelona was that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this I, is great. We do our entire so of a friend. Uh, I am our entire talk in the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. I was like, do you really Anthony honestly, does a great Arnold voice. Is why. Do you think that that's honestly something we should do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have just destroyed, right? It would um, have. Maybe, maybe. Probably not, but yeah. So where were we? We're, ta- we're talking about like, yeah. Your edit um, versus the edit that was then so, taken yeah, over. So I, I, made, I made a movie, shot a movie. We rewrote a movie. It was a real movie. It had a budget, it had a crew. Mm. And, and, I had Hollywood representation and I was getting scripts left, right and center. And I was even almost attached to a big Will Smith thing. And I had the thing with Brad Pitt. And so all these really cool things happening. Yeah. Um, And then, like I said, I made a cut of my film that was very emotional and didn't have those jump scares and smoke ghosts and things that people are used to, but they knew that if they had, if they just changed my edit a little bit, added smoke ghosts and cut out some of the, the, the heart, they could make something that was far more sellable than my version. Mm -hmm. And so, or at least they thought so. I didn't think so. I thought, you know, the version I'm doing will actually play to, you know, audiences better. Yeah. Yeah. Also the strengths of the film that you had captured. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ultimately Mm -hmm. when our house came out, people saw that like you, if you read the reviews, it was like, it's like, it feels like this was a real movie. (laughs) And then there's just jump scares and and smoke ghosts. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and so it was, it was, it was rough. It was yeah. rough to watch that and, and have that happen. That was a hard time for you too. I remember having to yes. talk with you a lot. Yeah. I pretty kinda, much quit making movies. Yeah. Which is in my mind, in my mind, I had quit. I was, I was, you've done that a couple of times and I've done that a couple of times. And it's mainly because 
it's disheartening. Um, I yeah, think for, for you, because you are an artist, you like, you know, when I look at the film industry, as we see it now, it's like, and I totally understand the way it is. And again, I'm not trying to look at it in a bad way, but it's, it's gun for hire work for hire kind of thing. Like, Hey, this person wrote a script. Do you want to be hired as a contractor to facilitate this script? And, and there's no heart involved in a lot of the times. And you see it in the work unless you see like, you know, something really special. And there's a lot of special films that are being made. We are always talking about them. Like I, I was just had a great time. I just had a great time at the movies, <laughs> the menu, right? The was, menu. Yeah. yeah. It's a great time at the movies for all. Okay. Go good. see the menu. Okay. Uh, it is the closest thing to a film, not from America made in a made <laughs> by America. That's cool. <laughs> it, it is like it, 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 it feels, I don't, you know, for an American studio film, it is not, what they typically serve. Good. Wonderful. And, and should support so that good. then. Yeah. I'll go watch that in the theater and, yeah. and give them some it felt, money. It felt great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> give them the ticket money. Yes. We, we, we were talking about another film. That's a foreign film, the worst person in the world. And, yep. and I absolutely adored that film. I thought it was quite wonderful. And it was like a, such a unique film, such an auteur film, such a, a specific film. And it's a film that, you know, I mean, I would never even know about it. I don't, did you tell me to watch it? I, think I just it, found it. I can't figure I can't out. Remember. Nick told me to watch it. It's so brilliant. maybe I said I just watched it or whatever, but it, it, it really, really. Yeah. Again, these are, these are movies that are about something. Yeah. And I think that's, that's <laughs> the hardest thing because when someone in Hollywood, typically, I mean, I don't want to, again, I don't want to disparage it because there's still good stuff coming out there's there. There's good stuff just, coming yeah, out of there. It's an 80, 20. So 20% yeah. coming out. It's like, but, but yeah. mostly when I have meetings and I talk with people and I say the movie is about a, something emotional or a person's journey, mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. Um, they're more That's interested <laughs> in what the plot is yeah, and what the hook is going to be that they can sell it with. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't get it also because yeah. a hook without I use this it's like exact, the soul disconnecting from the body. No, it's like I use what this the hell? exact yeah. I use this exact analogy when creating something. And this is a good thing to think about is when I was growing up and I was watching Twilight Zone episodes, Rod Serling would use genre to explore ideas. Yeah. That's what so the ideas is. are the important part, and the genre is there as a gateway to let us in. And that's, that's how I learned how to make things like the, the, the art is a gateway to letting people in, but you're, you're leading them into something that hopefully has some sort of emotional value, mm-hmm. You're right? Hope. Yeah. You hope yeah. now it seems like it's, it's sort of inverted where I don't know if it's due to fandom or merchandising or whatever. Now it's ideas are there to explore the genre. Yeah, it's inverted. It's inverted. It's completely inverted. So it's like people are getting more interested in. Uh, I think I said like you know, <laughs> who the fourth owner of uh, uh, you know the deed of Hogwarts was. <laughs> you know, like people are so into like the weird minutia, yeah. but that means nothing to humanity. Yeah, it doesn't uh, contribute to the to the goal. And I think you know, and I when I think back, like let's look at like where we come from as a species, mm-hmm. you know, we lack long-term memory. So we created music. Music was a device to continue songs of survival ways to protect yourself. And then that became a commodity like everything else. When we evolved past things, films and movies, we're not, we hadn't, we need a new term for them because they're no longer really these things anymore. We don't really shoot with film anymore. We, they're not really 
movies. I guess they're moving, but they're not, they're different now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's evolved into a different thing with the streaming thing and, and how things are consumed on a binging way. And, and, you know, you really think back about why we do the things we do. Mm-hmm. I think it's to authentically connect with one another spiritually. Yes. yes. And that is when you're really doing it at the highest level, which is so difficult to do because you're saying to the world, Hey, I'm vulnerable. I'm opening yeah. up and I'm weird. I'm weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm weird. And who's weird with me? And it's like, you get like one person in the crowd and you're like, well, come along. <laughs> and then, and you know, blessed, we've been blessed, <clears throat> you know, that's the only thing actually that keeps me making things mm. is we've been blessed to have people reach out and tell us mm-hmm. that, they, oh, yeah. that they enjoy the work, even when it doesn't hit a massive audience. Um, you know, we know that though, we're not yeah. making these things yes. to Matt. I think we've talked about this and this was one thing we, you know, talked at great length on our road trip together as we talked a lot about that spiritual disconnection and reconnection to this thing that we love and hate to do, which is making art and making films because it's so difficult, uh, or movies or whatever, however you want to call it. But yeah. So, okay. So the, the our house thing before we switch over to come true. Give me a fond memory that comes to mind when it comes to making, building, and creating our house. A memory that just like you're just going to hold forever and you love it and it's a it's a gem. <laughs> okay, this is a weird one. So one night, um, so Thomas Mann, the, the... The lead, right? The lead, yeah. He was also the lead in the movie Project X, the party movie. <laughs> and uh, there was a moment when we we all went out for drinks and uh, we decided to crash this small local bar hmm. in Port Hope, uh, Ontario, where we were shooting. We found this town that was perfect. And in fact, ac- after we shot there, they shot Stephen King's It there because it's hmm. such a perfect small town vibe. Yeah, it's so perfect. And in fact, when I saw it, uh, the producers were like, ah, you're going to make us go all the way out there. I was like, it's so good. We have to go out there. Yeah, all like, the production it, values there. It's all there. The whole town is there. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so with this small town bar, we went out for drinks and uh, hit this karaoke. And then at one point, some guy goes, oh, my God, is that the guy from Project X? You know, <laughs> and everyone goes, yeah. And the whole bar erupted and started going nuts. Like it was like it was like one of those m- moments from a movie in real Inside life. Inside of a movie was, while making yes. a movie. Yes, it was so Google good. It was Project so good. X. <laughs> yeah, you got to look up Project okay. X. It's like one of those X like movie. moments where life imitated art imitated life (laughs) (laughs) wonderful oh it's got a it's got a some some dudes in there some famous dudes in there some famous dudes i'm so horrible with names but so it's it's like a like a comedy movie yeah yeah Mm, cool it's a comedy about like i think it's about a house party i've actually seen it (laughs) (laughs) you you haven't seen it no no the the reason i hired thomas was i saw me earl and the dying girl and he was so terrific that i was Mm. like this guy's in he's in awesome i want want him yeah and you guys still keep in touch somewhat yeah on instagram yeah Yeah. (laughs) instagram buds send them a couple of fail fail bro videos (laughs) yeah how it goes some some corgi videos you you know when you find a great performers and actors you always want to work with them again but sometimes you know the part isn't right and it's like 
luckily for like people like Lynch, he's always sort of made protagonists that fit the mold for Kyle MacLachlan. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's very rare. I don't think I'm that type of person where I always just have a very similar character in mind to plug people in, but you always want to work with people who you get along with. And I got along oh, wonder, wonderfully so clutch. with Thomas and, and, yeah. and then, you know, Julia on come true and, yeah. and Landon, it was all like, I, I Percy, like all the cast members, Kate, they were just his like, young brother was good. outstanding too. Percy, yeah, I'm talking yeah. to him right now. He's great. Yeah, he, I'm talking to him right now. He's actually this. You're great. Yeah, he's, yeah, Percy, you're great. You're, yeah. He's actually in the. He's got a, a big role in the new um, Tim Burton um, series for Netflix. Good for him. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, awesome. a lot of like I saw when watching him do his thing. It felt like I could tell that he is yes. really growing into who he's becoming, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, it's cool to see, you know, art being an actor is, uh, I'm learning a lot through just working with them, but it's a whole different approach. It's, it's like you are on the line. You're so much more exposed and it's really vulnerable place to be. So you can kind of, I kind of empath, I kind of can understand why actors go off the, they go wild, you know, cause it's like, it's them, <laughs> yes. you know, and that's a vulnerable place to be. It's and not to easy. Do it well, you got to you have to go there. You have to, yeah. And you have to okay. go there like on demand and yeah, it's not like some kind of, it doesn't mean you're not feeling those feelings. Yeah. You know, it's exactly, even, yeah. that's the thing you're living it. Like, you know, that when you're writing scripts, I think we both talked about that. You've yeah. written way more, but when you write a script and let's say the subject matter is dark, I mean, you're in a dark place. You have to yeah. act like the person that's doing it because that's how you write it. That's how well, you I, get it out. You know, I just wrote like, a Ugh. script. I just wrote a script where, where there's, a lot to do with suicide mm. and I had to put in my own thoughts and that's scary. Yeah. That's no good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. it's cause you're going to thread the line and you're like, oh. but in order for it to be authentic yes. and to be respectful, I have to go there. You have to come yeah. from within. I think always, um, I, I don't, I don't know how somebody could write something significant that comes from outside. I, I mean, if that's the point, but if you're trying to make something that's relatable, then you need to come from within yourself and then share that. But I don't know how other people do it. Uh, well, by the know. numbers, you know, if you're, if you're not doing it, if you're yeah, not doing it from the heart, it doesn't work anymore though. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You people, know the, you know, the, the cat and the tree it. thing and like the whole hero's journey. It's like, it's like, dude, it's so exhausted. We've tired of it. They were, it, it worked in the beginning. We're like, Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, this feels like story is of old, but it still works. Star Wars and mm -hmm. cool. But when, when that story is told over so many times and the, the everything is mixed and matched, you're like, dude, okay, let's have something new and unique. And uh, that's really hard to do when, so that's a great memory. That's awesome. When yeah. that kind of all that dream kind of imploded, because let's say it imploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were like, yeah. I'm not having this. This is not my thing. I don't want to yeah. be a part of it. I'm out. Which is, again, I think of you Which as I an blame artist. movies for, actually. <laughs> because uh, the movie Repo Man uh, it lives in my brain. And every That's time. That's a very weird film. <laughs> every time someone says something to me I don't like, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's like, like yeah. that is, and that was my reaction. And it was probably not the best one, but it was my reaction. Yeah, well, take it or leave it. It's what you did, yeah. and that's where it is. And you know, you can't live with these kind of things. It's just like it, it, it's it's probably better that you lived your path. You know, yeah. No. We talk a lot about that. The 100%. path of life. You know, it's like one hundred percent. Yeah, because you could live a compromised life, and then what are you doing? You might as well just go work at a studio or do whatever if you're just doing it by the numbers. You know, 
I don't know. I, I don't see the point in no, that. I would so. definitely be suicidal. Richer. Yeah. <laughs> we said at the same time, Richard suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. You'd be, you, you definitely have more money, but yeah, yes. it's like you'd be, but, yeah. you'd be, have some money, but you'd be sad. You so. remember what I would say to you when I was like going over Eminem's commercials. <laughs> that shit made me laugh so hard dude i yeah. love that i stuff, was a creative yeah. director at a place for a while yeah and, good place um, right? it was a great place yeah good people but ultimately i had to be tr- the reason i left wasn't because i didn't enjoy the people i was working with the reason i left um was because i i, I actually i left out of duty it's like i don't feel good mm-hmm. being in this position that someone else should have who really cares about m&ms yeah, and cares about doing that job. No, sure. for for yes, real, because exactly. there's people out there like, yes. I want to make this perfect shader, and I want to animate this thing, and like that's that's. I care about thing. perfect shaders. Yeah, just well, not on M and M's. M and M's. All right. Well. I don't. I don't. For me personally, I, I, you know, it actually it's it goes into this. I don't even know the full quote, um, but I don't. To, let's not even get into what Elon Musk is is doing. But <laughs> I, right I don't now, follow it, so I don't, yeah. let's not even get into it. But he did say something <laughs> uh, that was like, you know, you know, why would you have engineers trying to solve problems um, that shouldn't even be there in the first place? <laughs> and that's that's how I feel about a lot of marketing. Yeah, like a, a great example is like <laughs> this fussy business. Yeah. yeah, like like cheese whiz. Like, <laughs> oh, let's go spend like two million dollars on the new cheese whiz, cheese whiz campaign. Or how about you just come up with something better than cheese whiz? <laughs> you know, and this is like, where the Aspergers comes in full force, baby. Because <laughs> your logical brain is like, why yeah. are you humans so stupid? <laughs> Yeah, you're still sitting there going, but if we spend a couple more million, maybe it'll bring up, you know, more people when you eat cheese whiz again. It's like, no, people are fucking done with cheese whiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, please don't be fucking around with cheese whiz no more. It's, yeah. it's, we're in it's 2023 done. almost. Done. That should have been dead. It should be a long like a time niche ago. thing where, where it's like, oh, I want to taste what it tasted like in the old days and put a little bit on a spoon, you know, you know, you have some, and that's it. It yeah. should not be a it's, thing that people are eating. No, no, yeah. dude. Yeah. And so it, it always cancer in a can. How many times I would be doing commercials yeah. that were that, where it's yeah, like you're spending yeah. all this money to sell something that no one needs. So disingenuous. No it, yes. Spe- and so I, it's best for me to not be there because I will not be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, again, back to the, what I say and what I really firmly believe as, you know, knowing you is that you're truly your own self independently. You know, you fall on your own sword style. Like it's like, this is what I believe in. This is my conviction. I will be poor. Or I will yep. be wealthy. It doesn't matter. I want to do what I want to do. That's yeah. really it's it's a it's a really rare trait. It honestly, is I think it's that, uh, that's the Aspergers. Well, we don't call it Aspergers anymore. It's just what ASD. Apparently, you know, people don't want to differentiate between the different things on the autism spectrum. So, how about the Bergs? Let's call you the Bergs. Not the Bergs. Yeah. My particular <laughs> brand of autism is no longer. Um, Aspergers. Uh, don't let people do that to you. Just say no. wherever the hell you want, man. Yeah. yeah, come on. I've got the crooked pinkies. Yeah, see? the crooked pinkies. There yes. they are. Yeah, I got straight boys. Yes. Yeah. You don't got you don't <laughs> no. got the Bergs, man. No, and you know it was a funny story uh, when we first were hanging out and talking. You told me about that you had Aspergers. And I looked into it and and I started seeing some of the things. So I was like, hey, I have some of these things. And I told my wife, and she's like, No, you're just an ass. Like you, you <laughs> like you don't have it. the burgers. <laughs> you don't have the burgers part. Yeah. Just, so. Yeah. Yeah, which is perfect. And that's actually true. So <laughs> I tried to use it though. I was like, damn it. You tried. Yeah, you tried. I, tried. Uh, I don't have the cricket pinkies. No. <laughs> okay. So the 
implode the implosion yeah. of our house career implodes what yeah. do i do after do I, well, do? and also dream implodes because you go yeah. it's what not how i thought it was it's not how i expected it to be it's like two words that are bad right there expectations and thought you can't mm-hmm. have you can have thought but you can't yeah. expect anything right we, that's one no. thing we've really talked about about yeah. it's like you just can't expect anything of the world right. other than yourself yeah. and you and the only control you can have is of the world to yourself you know like you can't control the world but you can react you can control that energy of like oh, i'm going to be mad about this or no i'm going to let it go yeah. and and it's all about energy control basically right yeah and <laughs> as you're older you just lose the mad no it's there <laughs> but it's like you it's control there. it you it's put in other you, things how, yeah exactly how you you engage with that that rage <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i don't think it's good to to stuff it down that's where serial no, killers come no. from yeah <laughs> and you don't want that <laughs> yeah because if you try to compartmentalize and, and control your rage and put it into a box it's like good luck i say let it out we we talked about this i said i said i like to have when i get really pissed i go okay well i'm gonna be really fucking pissed right now for about a minute I'll be really yep. angry. Oh yeah. And then I'm going to give myself Punch a minute. That wall. Punch and that after wall. that, well, let go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you still, yeah. you know, are you happy now? What did that give you? Nothing. But that's, yeah. you know, that's the other thing is discipline, right? Discipline yeah. allows you to, to build those tools. And as you yes. get older, and that's why you start to like yourself confidence. a little bit more every year Yeah, because the confidence and discipline that you sort of achieve, give you the ability to navigate those emotions in a way that actually can serve you. Yeah. And so, what I did, obviously, from that experience of, of our house was I said to some friends of mine, like how producer friends, how much money would I need in order to never be sort of messed with? Mm. And so they gave me a number. And so we devised a way to make a movie for that number. So mm. that not because I didn't want input, but because, you know, we take input but it's that sort of thing of having to take the input. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing yeah. than, you know, I would love to hear what you guys think. I'm not, I don't want to go out there and, and Lucas myself, <laughs> you know, you know, you don't want to George Lucas yourself. You want to have people that you sounding boards and oh, you need that. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Listen, there are moments. You're not trying to make a clone wars. Yeah. No. You're not, you want people to tell you it's garbage so that yes. you can actually make That's what made Star Wars good is all his friends were like, this is garbage we'll fix yeah. it and help you yeah he was like, we'll help you. you fix it yeah. yeah thanks brian de palma for writing the opening crawl yes de palma yeah. wrote their crawl and his his wife at the time helped edit and it was oh, just yeah. yeah and not to say that george was in a savage beast at the time and managed to make this thing happen but his friends helped but him definitely yeah. people had input and it helped him and so i'm exactly like that but what you don't want to be in a position of is you have to change this completely from your original vision it's yeah. no longer that and you have no control that's no right? fair <laughs> oh it's no good yeah um and so we we from the ashes of our house we decided to go and with the help me producer, not me ashes just yeah the burnt down the wood actual yeah. burnt <laughs> of the <ashes>. house <laughs> yeah we, we we took that and and threw that rage into okay we'll show you how to make a movie mm. you know we'll show you show you how to make a movie with you know, very little resources and we'll do a great job Yeah, and, and return to sort of the things we were doing anyways. Let's, let's, let's talk about come true because okay. this was, and I love that segue. It's, it's a perfect way to kind of think about taking something that was a bad experience and then going, mm-hmm. well, all right, let's pick up our, you know, let's get, pick it up and get going again and using what worked and leaving what didn't 
and then yeah. finding a way. You almost died on this production, so it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it a lot. <clears throat> no. You can't do it a lot. But it's not healthy. Can, it's not sustainable. You can do it. It's not sustainable, but yeah. you can do it. Mm-hmm. And if you feel really passionate about something and you really want to see it through, mm-hmm. um, I, I recommend it. And it's a kind of, there's a kind of catharsis on the other side of making a movie the way we did where um, it, it feels good to achieve the goal that you set out. Yeah. And that's absolutely what you did. You know, I can, I'm just looking back at like a memory of mine, like a fond memory and like hearing, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast every once in a while and hearing him talk about your movie candidly, openly to millions of people was so cool. Cause I'm like, and weird and wild, right? Out of all the things he could, no, but out of all the things he could have just thrown out there. Yeah. How weird is that, right? And it came so naturally. It was just part of the conversation. And he mentioned that he had watched it and he really enjoyed it. I saw and a recommended cool movie it. the other day. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, weird. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. it was so a wonderful weird. thing. And that to me, I felt like, okay, that's because that's the kind of thing. Like, that's what I think Joe Rogan is. He kind of symbolizes, even if you love him or you hate him or you don't understand or whatever, he's an authentic dude. Like whatever you want to say, yeah, he's, like he's, he's himself, him. no matter what it, what you think of it. Yeah. Which is killer. Like in, 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 a, in a world of people being unauthentic and being told what to say and do, he's doing his thing, which is cool. Uh, whether you believe in all that stuff, but what's cool is like, it's natural and he has bigger spread uh, influence on the world than most conglomerate businesses. So that's the scary yeah. part. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the scary that's, part. But that's just that's, how it that's goes, where we you know? live. That's where we live now. Yeah. yeah. And so, how do we deal he with that? He was an early adopter to podcasts. Was authentic. Had really interesting things. Brought cool people yeah. on, and they talked about stuff. And all of a sudden, years later, boom, he's big. And, yeah. And what do you think is going to happen? Just, yeah. We, we pl- just have to figure out a way to 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 school people on the difference between a fact and somebody's thought. Yes. You know, yes, that's, yes, yes. That's the problem yeah. is that people take the words of people on the internet and they that's scary. It's, gospel right yeah i don't believe in any person's opinion yeah (laughs) and you can take it or leave it yeah yeah that's that's definitely another thing but that was a a fun moment i can remember because i was like that's that's fucking anthony's film that's awesome he's talking about it it was getting a review in the new yorker yeah it's it's as big as that yeah yeah from like yeah i don't deserve that yeah Uh, you know what i mean well yeah well we don't deserve anything but that was a really special thing i just felt it was a beautiful way of the universe saying like hey Here's a little fucking gift, you know, like no, but a positive <laughs> review in the New Yorker for me that they, they don't review very many movies. Yeah. And ours is a tiny, this was a movie that we made. So come true. That was a natural thing too. With a just crew like, of five people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we should talk about that yeah. actually. Sorry. I don't mean to jump around. You had written, around. you wrote come true out of the ashes of our house, right? Well, it or is it been, a story that was sitting with you for a while? a story that was sitting, um, for a long time. And I, in fact, wanted to do it first, but all my management and agents and everything said, no, no, no it's too weird. You can't do that first. You can't yeah, the do script that first. and everything. Um, we had a first draft that was by my friend, Dan mm. and you know, Dan, um, yeah, and you and Dan have written quite a few things. Did you and Dan do uh, our house as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're uncredited. <laughs> yeah. Naturally. Right. <laughs> Both of us are uncredited. Um, because yeah. the studio universal studios, um, didn't pay, Nathan Parker. And so ah. they had to pay him out. It's just all, you know, yeah. union stuff, union stuff, yeah. sweet union stuff. Yeah. Um, listen, Nathan wrote a great script and the he premise went, is great of our house. Yeah. So cool. So cool. And his script was great. We just wanted to make it our own. And that's, that's the whole As thing. You should. Yeah, yeah. Always. Um, but yeah, so 
Dan had written a draft and then uh, some time went by and I realized that it wasn't quite right. And it was, we, we had originally developed it to be more Hollywood pre our house, right? So here's the Hollywood version of come true. Mm. And so then I took it away and I wrote the version that is in my heart, mm. which is I wanted to make a movie um, that examined um, both the experience of living, but also was um, exploring nostalgia in an honest way. Mm, mm. that's a hard thing to do yes mm -hmm. um i wanted to make a movie that was kind of antagonistic mm -hmm. because everyone was so into 80s and 80s this and 80s that and i i thought well in the 80s movies weren't all great and the and, and the the ideas of protagonists and things and the way that we um i'm sure we've talked about this before on the phone even um the way that um women were portrayed in the 80s was abysmal yeah go watch back to the future part two see what happens with well, most uh, any films in the 80s yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so i wanted to make a movie except that was alien yeah baby Aliens, 1979 and that's why <laughs> the, there, there was a crossover with, yeah. like it's almost like the minute <laughs> reagan happened oh yeah it was it was okay to be a piece okay. of shit again yeah. um but ultimately I wanted to examine 80s movies, my love of 80s movies, the things I like, the things I dislike, and just make a, a like a, I, I guess the best way to put it is this, is that if you watch a David Lynch movie, it's the 1950s through David Lynch, because that's what he grew up in. Mm -hmm. Even in Twin Peaks, it, you know, it's made in the 80s, and yet people are dressed like the 50s. Yeah. You got your greasers, you got the, you know, skirts. It's, it's his interpretation, the nostalgias of his life are brought into his psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> and sense. I wanted to bring the nostalgias of my life into this psychosis, which is the film, and and examine something that I had always thought was interesting mm. was this experience of of who we project into the world. Um the psychology of Carl Jung and and mm. and weave it all into you got something. really into dreams and all that yeah, stuff. I yeah, remember you did it because I'm dive. really I'm really into dreams. I think dreams are so interesting and it's a weird thing we do. So I saw you know you know I had had sleep paralysis when I was younger when my mother died and then when I saw Rodney Asher's The Nightmare it was like which by the way I've talked to Rodney and he's seen come true and we've talked a lot about. Oh. Yeah, it's been great. It's wonderful. Um, These are, I, those are the things that you have to hold dear. Yeah. Those things you go, when I'm really feeling shit and I feel like I can't do this anymore, all those memories, those great memories, just hold on to those bad boys, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, I'm, well, you have to. I, That's what you, I'm, yeah. Come true, put, us, put me back in a good place. <laughs> I, I want to be making movies. Um, we'll get to... Sure. Where that ends up and how COVID works into that because mm -hmm. COVID was rough. Um, That's right. Yeah, that was right. Your premiere was during COVID. During COVID, which was a nightmare. <sighs> That's right. Yeah. It no reminded one can go me. see your movie. We get a theatrical release that no one can see. I remember Come that. Come had a theatrical release that no one could go to. Oh, it's a bummer. Man. It yeah. reminded me, I was I was telling you on our road trip, I was listening to the director that did um, Boondock Saints. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to his commentary and he was saying that and something I totally forgot is that the Columbine shooting happened right around the time that Bat was supposed to be premiered. 
And they were like, no guns allowed in theaters, no gun movies, nothing. So like his his film, all of this effort and everything and William Defoe's incredible performance in this really unique special film of its time didn't get a theatrical release because of this horrible, violent just abomination that happened mm-hmm. in Columbine. And it gained traction because the VHS world, yes. you know, and then the word of mouth world before the internet was like doing its thing, you know, and it's a... Uh, yeah, you went through the same thing. That's crazy. I didn't. Well, I just, didn't go like, through the well, same thing. But well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Re- you, you released your film, you but you could couldn't not release be seen, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is like, not dude, be seen. what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and after the journey that it was, it was, it was, it was tough. But um, I don't know where we sort of like veered off there. Uh, script. You're talking about script, script. Yeah, and then building the script. script. And, yeah. and just I wanted to make something personal that was an examination. Mm-hmm. of of our love of 80s movies mm-hmm. and my love of 80s movies and and merge it into some sort of you know horrific tale that brought discomfort <laughs> as opposed to leaning into the easy things that make uh nostalgia work mm-hmm. this is leaning into the hard things that make nostalgia work mm-hmm. when you're when you're when because you're an auteur and you're like a an artist artist and a director's director and you do so many things when you are writing the words and you're projecting out these things in your mind and then you're sitting there and you have your camera and you're watching Julia perform, what is that feeling like? Joy. Pure joy, right? Pure joy. Yeah. Pure joy. Um, when I have my camera and I'm looking through and I see a performance happen that I never could have imagined it being that good mm. or it's exactly what I saw in my mind, it's, mm. it's joy. And then when it's not those things and you have to pivot, that's joy too, because it's like, mm. it's, it's gymnastics. Mm-hmm. It's a game. Yeah. And I, I, I learned, I, I, you know, I talk a lot about instinct and people always say, well, how do you become a good filmmaker? I don't think you become a good filmmaker. I think you make so many good, uh, so many films that you, you get the instinct to understand what won't work. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to is that <laughs> like you, I told, um, you know, the, the people at this film festival that you just have to make tons of shorts and tons of things and, and tests and mm-hmm. consistently fail. Fail, 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 fail. Yes. But and succeed. Don't show those failures. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. We <laughs> you always know? talk, remember, like, fail, yes. fail privately, succeed yeah. publicly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's because people can't handle uh, silence on online. They can't, they can't handle a bad short. <laughs> no, mm, listen. Yeah. I think you know people have this idea that you should be a genius out of the gate, and it's, it's not just, true. It's, it's no such thing. Well, I, well, I'm sure there is such a thing. Mm. The fact is, is that I'm not one of those. <laughs> I, I I have made so many shorts and so many things, and I used commercials and MTV and all that time as just film school and failure time. And oh, that was stupid, and I did that wrong. And next time I'm going to do this. Um, so to see it all happen instinctually and have a good time on set is joy. And with Come True, we had that. It was really, really fun. And the edit took a long time because I didn't have anybody helping me, but it was fun. And every day I would wake up and I would push myself to do, you know, two minutes of, of movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I would sit with my wife and we'd watch the cuts and I'd do three different takes and all the, you know, all these things. And, and she would tell me it was garbage. And then I would go back and, <laughs> and show other people. And it was just really, really fun. And I was so lucky to have people who supported me and that I had, 
friends that helped with the financing, mm. people I had worked with, my boss, where I was the creative director. Topics? At Topics, yeah. That's right. Chris Wallace, he came in and he actually came in for a, a bunch of money. And then mm. uh, a family member came in, mm. uh, Andrew Hatznikolas, and, and, and because they had seen our house and said, you know, it's crazy. I saw what you were doing. Mm. And I think that we could really make something special. A lot of, there's a lot on the line there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there Having is a lot people so but close we, to you. Yeah. But we decided we're going to do this for such a low amount. Sure. That we still a lot able, of money. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Still. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's by purchasing a nice home, you know, and then some, <laughs> you know, well, well, yeah. ultimately what, what was, and then we had telefilm support as well, which in Canada, that is when, you know, we have a, an organization here that sort of helps you, get extra financing for your, your projects. Mm. And then we did tax credits because we shot in Alberta. Mm. And so you get, you get money back for spending money in Alberta. So all sure. this stuff all made it very easy to do something. And I, I mean, to the American filmmakers out there, I, I apologize because you don't have <laughs> don't as have many, yeah. as many <laughs> of these sort of programs. And it's a bummer because they really do help low budget films succeed. Because mm. it's that little extra that you need, and they really want to see these wild uh, um, visions come to life here in Canada. Because we figured out over the years that that's what we have to export. Mm-hmm. Because we can't, we can't mimic. We don't have the dollars. We don't have the market here to mimic the kinds of films that are made in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is we can make our own kind of movies, and that's why everyone sort of, you know, immediately says, you know, Panos Cosmatos. Brandon Cronenberg, you know, yeah. Uh, sometimes I get lumped in there as well, um, <laughs> and 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 but there is a consistency to it, and people go, oh well, there must be something you know to Canada, and it, there is something to Canada is that mm. they allow people to express themselves honestly, yeah, um, and you get that kind of bespoke style creative, which is interesting, and, and it feeds itself. Obviously, you know, there there is something to this Canadian cinema, even in its weirdness and its, and its structure, there is a thing to Canadian films that you sort of have to, I'm Canadian. I have to embrace that. Mm-hmm. So. You're, you're very proud Canadian too. You love your country. You're always talking about how great it is in comparison to America. I'm like, Hey, in comparison. No comparison. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. 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 No, it's no, okay. no. Listen, there <laughs> is a freedom to America that I love to death. Yeah, you were just here. Death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. I love there is a spirit to people. We we you know, I, I can't generalize anything, but there is a spirit to the US that is so cool. So cool. Like I love New York. I love Los Angeles. I love I, everywhere I've been actually in the states I love because there's a vibrancy to the survival um you can feel the survival in Canada, <laughs> you don't feel the survival because we're taken care of. It's uh, different, you know. Yeah. And so, let's, like, let's get the feel same at your feel hardest in points in life. There's someone here if you need them. Yeah, that's not and happening. You, that doesn't happen. And, <laughs> but what it does breed in America is this vibrancy of survival. Every moment is your live as if it's your last. Live your best life, and I think that that's the thing that I love most about America. Mm, that's a nice thing. That's probably yeah. the nicest thing I've heard you say about America. And I'm going to hold on to that one. <laughs> no, because it's true. Like when we're walking around, we're, we're talking to everybody. Listen, how many amazing people did we meet just on our, on our trip? Oh, we met so many. 
yeah. but you know we're Gems. also we're also nice people we're outgoing we're very polite and wherever we went we made sure we were allowed as much as possible because <laughs> you know we we went out into like de- decrepit broken down parts of society yeah, on this we, trip that we were yeah. talking about early in the podcast yes we went, yeah and Anthony which and I was did basically it. like a photo fishing trip like yeah. we're going out to try and get beautiful footage Man, and test ourselves and so and good. keep that instinct sharp you know oh, yeah, so that yeah. that's what it's about is, is keeping your instinct sharp so that you don't lose that ability to capture magic came back so fast first yeah. i was like oh like 10 shots in i'm like oh there it is you're catching those fishes <laughs> it felt <laughs> felt so good it's there's nothing like it uh but uh and i also like doing those kind of things because there's no like there's no shot list you're just reacting to nature's beauty and you're like yeah. well whatever you consider to be god if you're listening like if you're spiritual whatever i consider that my god god is nature god is like observing observing the beauty of the world and uh that was it it was like oh my god look at this look what the the nature babies are giving us yeah uh, cinema jesus is what you call it yeah, yeah i call it cinema jesus <laughs> but but what that also does it does does what that also does uh what it also does is when you're out there and you're shooting like that when I, when I, when I, a lot of people ask me if I storyboard, um, because the shots are very concise. Yeah. I do not storyboard. You do though. For holidays you did. For holidays I did because I was shooting with Kevin. Oh, that's right. So Kevin Ke- was my DOP on that. Kevin, Rebecca and, Jolson. Yes. Good, good buds. And yeah. Yes. Shout out great to them. Buds. Shout out to them. Yeah. Wonderful. Peeps. And because of that, I storyboarded so that Kevin and Rebecca would have a clear mm, that helps, idea yeah. of what we were going to do. But when you shoot, you don't. But when I shoot, I don't. Yeah. It's all here. Yeah. And it's, it's boarded, but I don't, why am I going to take that extra thing for me? Like, it's like an extra process that I don't have the time to do it for me. Mm. And I work so closely with Nick that he, yeah. he knows what I'm going to do. I just say, it's going to be a wide shot here. And it's going to explain like, who Nick is to people. So Nick Bayshard is my right-hand man. He is, you know, he's only been credited as, co-producer on the last two films but in, in all honesty what he is is he is line producer ad yeah he's AD, uh, anything yeah. with that we we need done like we we schedule we find the locations ourselves like it's it's everything um but he is credited as co-producer mm. um but he is my producer he's one of he the is, five on the team yeah he's one of the five is on the team so how we do it <laughs> is there is me there is nick there is howard there is makeup and hair there is sound recordist and there is cam, uh, camera assist. Mm. And, that's and then it. you have your talent. And then, and then we have the talent. And yeah. so, so Howard typically, you know, would make sure that the talent was, was comfortable and that they had everything they need. Because one of the things we do do is rigidly adhere to all the um, needs of the cast and the union rules for cast mm. so that everything is comfortable and they're Foot happy rubs and, and snickers bars <laughs> king size and yeah, yeah. I, whatever whatever they need <laughs> but 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 even on your shoestring budget you managed to yeah that, well yeah. because that this is this is the so thing that's one thing i learned Every, from you too is like feed your crew keep them happy and like oh yes. okay because I'm yes. like, I don't eat. Uh, you're like, yeah, that's not their, that's not their problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Your problems can. are not their problem. Yeah. No, <laughs> I treat my cast like gold because they are gold. Yeah. Um, the cast are the only thing that really matters when you're making a film. Well, everything because matters, a lot of people, right? Everything is no. the only thing that matters. Well, no. For me, camera. Yeah. No. Okay. Shooting a wonky. You need a camera. You need a sound. But, do you, but you don't need the best camera. No, it's true. I, I use and, this example. Yes. What are, I think we've, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast already, but you can shoot Daniel Day-Lewis with an iPhone 
and sh- his audio can be coming from the iPhone. I can make a genius movie. That guy is <laughs> yeah, he's special. Yeah, he's, he's, he's special. special, right? Yeah. So when you have a performer who is special, yeah, you can look at their face for fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, and they just they can do take it. you on a journey. They can yeah. take you on a journey. Your actors are your gold. Yeah, it's the one thing you know. When people start making shorts, they often will just get their buddy or whatever. Yeah, it's like I always say, that's okay if they're not talking. Yeah, <laughs> but the minute and even for close-ups, it's not okay because yeah. an actor can emote and give you so much, so much. Yeah, and oh, that's so important. So they are the gold. Yeah, I learned a lot of working with Tyler Hines on Chimera. This is something that is not released yet, so what I'm talking about doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah, Ash is working so on a new short with uh, a friend of ours. <laughs> well, it's uh, basically starring- done. I'm so excited. Yep. 15 yeah. minute live action with some CGI. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And submitted. Yeah. Let's see. Very excited it, about that. But yeah, when you see an actor doing something and you know, I know you must experience this is you're wearing so many hats on set and the live performance, you're just like, uh, give me the thing I need. And then I got to go, you know, it's, it's gotta be, yeah. it's, it's gotta be thrilling and nerve wracking and, it's like real time 3d everything's happening so fast and then you're just like oh i didn't think you'd do that that's cool and i want to get another one but then just ultimately why hollywood has has tried to make things so synthetic is because it's easier and you have less of that right if you just if you can fix everything in a computer yeah it makes things so much easier but it's not exciting no it's uh, like it's that excitement of like i better get this in the camera is so worth it yeah the energy the feeling you get from that when yeah. you do capture it is like it's unmeasurable it's so fun and if you do that with a team and a small like I, we do it with a small team it feels like you all accomplish so much and it's like this beauty yeah and friendship and camaraderie and those those are the, that's why i'm making movies yeah it, it's nice to get the vision out there but at the end of the day we're making things to connect with other people and whether you're connecting on set, you're connecting with an actor. That's why I like shooting my stuff. I like looking through the lens yeah. at the actor. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's like, that's the connection yeah. that you're looking for. Yeah. I, I think we've talked about this at great length too. I'm such a visual person. I know you are as well. I can't imagine taking that beautiful part of filmmaking away from myself. That seems like, uh, that's actually a, f- that would I would unless unless I had complete synergy connection to the DOP, I feel like that would remove my one of my favorite things. It's like I want to see what this is looking like because I need to know what that is and I need that control. But also it's like you need to drive performances, you know, and you need to be aware of those nuances rather than looking at what the camera's doing. You need to focus on what's happening, you know. So but I think that that's definitely possible. You see with like Paul Thomas Anderson shooting Phantom Thread, and it was stunning film. And yeah. it's not like he's carrying everything around. He's got CAs helping him yes. out and all that kind of stuff. He's, yeah. he's directing still, but he also has like freaking Daniel Day-Lewis. So like exactly shooting like film I said. with, uh, you know, like old I school said. vintage lenses and, and it's delicious, you know? So you know, it's hard to compare. You know, you and I do a lot of this comparison thing. We It's a horrible game yeah. to play. It is a horrible game. Especially when we're... Kids. Yeah, work kids, and we're making stuff on shoestrings, and it's like, come yes. on, it does. It's like we can't. It's not even the same ballpark. Yeah, not even close. Like, not even close. So you made so with Come True, you made it with five core crew people. You just explained, yes. and this is we've talked about this too. This is the fundamental five that you need 
in order to make something, right? Yeah, the bare minimum. The, that's the, the barest bare minimum. minimum. It's you yeah. doing multiple roles, producer, shooting, directing, all of these kind of things. Yeah. And you're, and we'll talk about your day-to-day on that shoot. And, well, then and, you, and here's the other thing. Outside, of, before we get to the, five, the core fives, you also need a people who believe in you. So yes, we had producers above us who basically helped us to get the telefilm financing mm. and... I had a mentor in Vincenzo, Vincenzo Natali, who you know, he's also a director. Director, he's also a director. director Cube and um, yep, uh, the one that starts with S, Species, Splice, Splice. Sorry, Splice. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 you met from is, Manifold. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We met from Manifold and and continued to work together on things sort of in the peripheral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did some second unit directing for him and the Grass and, Film. Yeah, in the tall grass for Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately, without those people believing in you, yeah, you can't even get to that point. So we had mm-hmm. them, and then there's the core five that are on set. Okay, that's thank you for that because yeah, yeah. you need your producers, and this is so. So it starts with you with this impetus idea that okay, and then you write out the script, and you have this cool base, and then you have believers, these yes. believers that are kind of your guardian. When you say that, I'm going to go make a movie yeah. with five people, mm-hmm. they're like, they don't roll their eyes at you. Yeah. They go, okay, well you, you did it. We've with- seen you, we've seen you. And that's the thing is that because <laughs> I, had done, though. I had done a TV show um, called Darknet. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. Yep. Yeah. With Vincenzo and these producers, Copperheart. Uh, makes sense. Yes. So it's, 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 it's proving yourself over time and yes. you have a track record with these people that believe in you. That's a great and, point. And yeah. with my boss, from topics he yeah. had seen me as a creative director go in and shoot entire commercials with nothing yeah you know so he was like okay i know what anthony can do yeah so. he champions you and he puts yeah. it i mean bless him and he right? also paid he also paid for our off titles mm, that's right tops, yeah that's tops right paid for that. yeah bless him because he just was incredible yeah and it, you need those. And then you have your five core on production and then post. So like um, for those that are listening that aren't familiar with the phone making process and for, and maybe Anthony can chime in here because he knows more than this because he's done it, but films are made in the the idea stage and pre-production. And then there's the post-production and also like, I mean, sorry, then there's the shooting and then there's the editing part, which is post-production. It's basically three stages yeah. and it could die on both all three of those stages or it could thrive. Depending yes. on where it goes, and in our house, it, it it thrived on the first two stages, yes, and died in the post, yes, for me, for you, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. for for our for um, come true, you had taken it, you had the you, you went out and shot it with your your small crew, and you did this also <clears throat> strategically, so you can have a smaller budget but more time, more takes, yes. more room yeah. so to we fail, shot more room typically to on a, on a low budget movie now. <laughs> Uh, whether it's a Blumhouse or whatever, typically the the shoot times are are very short. Mm-hmm. I don't know exact numbers, but I know that on our house we had twenty eight days. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty eight shooting days. Twenty eight shooting days. Are I you do, doing five day weeks or six day weeks or seven day weeks or what do you do? Five day weeks. So you have five two days off, and, and yeah. we'll talk about your day. On your but day in come true, we did not have two days off because on the weekends we had to build the sets. Well, you um, were moving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so cast so, did though cast was off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cast yeah. was off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All the all the union rules of the cast are adhered to. It's just yeah. us who mm. who kills ourselves. To <laughs> um, yeah, which is the way to do it. You know, I don't. And everyone who did this also got points. So cool. Yeah. So yeah. so so she explained so, points too. Actually, yeah. 
percentage of of back end but back end is not even a thing <laughs> well yeah so if you so it's kind of like it's like getting stock in the in the value of the film in the film you, and you can too. give people that if you have some ownership right yeah exactly and so if you shot 28 days uh on our house come yeah, 20, true we shot 60 days that's right that's right i was gonna say i was like i thought you did 60 more than that days shooting yeah and then we had weekends where Nick and Howard and I mm. were working and creating the sets and building them for the, the next week, you know, that, making sure everything was ready for the next week. That's a wonderful amount of time. It was amazing. Did you we, feel like we it was had, enough time or do you think you could have had more time? It was enough time. It was enough time. 60 it was days. Yeah, 60 days. To squeeze out how many, what was the running time at the end? What your uh, cut, the cut that you would maybe... No, the the cut that's out there is my cut. So I think the running time ultimately, um, I don't know, an hour 45. Yeah. It's like that, something like that. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Cause yeah, typically as I've heard too, is like shooting, you know, under pressure and all that kind of stuff. Oh, we're shooting in a month. It's like, it's almost unrealistic because you're going to burn out and you're going to miss opportunities. And most genre movies now have like 14, 14 to 20 days. That's too much. I mean, that's too little. I can't. It's I can't. Too little. I would never oh. do that. I would never put yeah. myself in that situation. No, no. When it's it's yeah, not it's fair. Much. It's not fair and for anybody. <laughs> for anybody. Yeah, yeah. No. The actors hate it. Yeah. Yeah. The crew hates it. Yeah. The director hates it. You need it's room. It's not right. It's not right. And I like to sit down and have dinner with my people and and talk and 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 enjoy memories. You know, I think that's really important to the process. But yeah, yeah. no can't be doing that when you're grinding 14. It's a business, right? So (sighs) yeah. um, Yeah. That's the balance. So we're trying to figure out, okay, well, if the, if it's a business and we need to make money, I'm happy to not have as much help around me Mm -hmm. in order to get what we need, which is the gold from the actors. Yeah. Give me time to get the gold from the actors because on a low budget movie like ours, we had no business having good performances, mm-hmm. but we need them. We and need Julia them. We need them. was a, yeah. in duress most of the film. So that's a demanding a lot of her, yes. um, which is yes. really, that's tricky, you know, yes. to hold I, that I, and push that pulse and keep it going and maintain it and then go beyond, beyond it. It's yeah. like, it's a lot to really ask a professional. Her. She's, she's, I can't believe she hasn't like exploded. Mm. <laughs> It's just She's a matter so of time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Your day to day on set when you're doing this, pick a day, any day. How does it look? Because I know your days How are long. How does it long. look? Yeah, yeah. It, it's waking up. Yeah. Packing the van. What time? Uh, probably around eight o'clock. Because that's the other thing. We do, we do eight hour days. Yeah. Oh, wow. And okay. it, obviously it, it varies because that's the other thing. You want comfort during those days so that you're not... Because after eight hours, people just become zombies. Yeah, you kind of melt out. Yeah, I, you know, like, and by at, the end of the at, at my like hour nine and ten, it's like okay, oh, yeah. mushy. Leave? In that yeah. point, you you're, you got cast and crew going like, I, I wish I wasn't here, and yeah. I don't ever want that. You know, so yeah, just when you're going, you know, that's that good. Point, eight like, hours. I'm getting exhausted. Clint so, Eastwood was doing that too. I remember hearing that that he, he likes to keep an eight hour day and he's super strict at it. Yeah, I think that's smart because it's like. If we can't manage an eight-hour day to get our work done, then what are we doing? We're then it's not right, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's yeah. the other thing is you do these these quick uh, turnaround shoots of like 20 days, and they're like 16, 20-hour days. Yeah, no way. What a nightmare. What yeah. a nightmare. 
yeah. I'd rather not make a movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I, it's almost like there's no vision that's going to come out complete on that schedule. No. It's Yeah, yeah you you make mistakes and then you're not going to know it until the third part of the filmmaking process, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh shit, I'm in the edit and I didn't get this connecting shot and I got to lose that scene because I don't have a connector or I don't have the emotional tone to carry this scene that needs to go for the, the third act here, you know, and like the, nothing's lining up. So yeah, I can't imagine it's, and we're seeing hmm. the outcome of this sort of production schedule. Oh yeah, yeah. Over and over, there's movies that, and just to give everyone an idea of like what a typical. I mean, these aren't typical, but movies we loved from like the 70s and 80s. Sometimes they would have hundreds of days, mm. hundreds of days to shoot their films. I thought Fincher like, films have hundreds of days. Well, he knows. He knows what he, he knows. Means, yeah, but and Kubrick would shoot a long, long oh, time yeah. too. But he yes. was also the. I think he's an inspiration for us both because. It would be him and and his he, he would shoot no he wouldn't he wasn't credited as but he was a dop a lot of the times right a lot of times yeah yeah because he yeah. was a, a wonderful he wasn't credited but he did shoot a lot of his stuff and yeah. he also had very tiny crews like once yeah, he yeah. once he did the Sound main and set cast, build yeah. and everything yeah just then ever, all those people went away and then it was just a small tiny crew right yeah so that you could still do the things that we're doing where you intimate. take the time it's intimate yeah. the actors can get there and there's no pressure and you just go and go and go mm-hmm. and until we're all and and again it's like it's like work. Yeah. It's an eight hour day. I like that. You know? I didn't know you did eight hour days. That's something yeah. to strive for. Cause like when we were doing uh, chimera, it was like, we were doing like 35, 45 shot pickups in a day. And that's like, that's insanity. That pace is too much. It's too, it's too insane. Cause you're just blasting. But thankfully I had, you know, we had talked about this at great length prior to shooting, but I storyboarded and balanced everything out and got it mm-hmm. all super organized. So I was like, I know exactly what I need to do at this time, but and you don't storyboard you and Nick, do you guys run out? Like, so in the morning you guys pack the van with gear and everybody, the five power yep. five basically yep. rolls. In. Yeah. We have two, two vans power <laughs> and basically um, everyone's, we packed up the gear and we get it all in the same configuration every day so that we know where everything is, all yeah. of us. So no one's going to get lost. And then we go out to set and then we shoot the day, mm-hmm. get everything we need. Um, and at the end of the day, instead of storyboarding, usually we're going to be in the same space again mm-hmm. so what we do is we go through the space and we sort of do a little bit of a shot list for the next day at the end of the day because it's only been eight hours right so nick, we're not exhausted you start me and nick yeah me and nick will go through and i just go it's going to be here it's going to be here it's mm-hmm. going to be here it's going to be here it's going to be here mm-hmm. and this, these are the spaces we're going to work with because the reason i don't storyboard is this yeah you get married to it <laughs> well on a low budget so i build lights into the sets mm. Like that, like so that Natural. the lighting comes pr- primarily naturally from the sets. Yeah. But on a low budget, what I like to do is let the actors run the stuff over and over or whatever. Do some rehearsals in front of us. Yeah, you stand and watch them do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was and doing. Then that, yeah. you choose the angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the same thing we're talking about with the instinct of going out in nature, right? Yes. Is when you're out there in nature, you find the shots. Hundred percent. And yeah. they're way better than you could have ever drawn. Way better, always. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I noticed so that when with you get, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. When you get and and. Again, Hollywood has the money to put everything into the frame that they need. Sure. Yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. So we have to make the frame talk in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so we, because there's very few times we're able to get exactly what we need in that frame for zero, for very little money. And so when you're making these films, and sorry for interjecting, but this is something yeah. that happened to me. I'm, I think we talked about this, but, um, when you're out there filming and you're doing your thing, you know, we talk about studying films and you love films. You probably love films and watching movies way more than me even. 
which is I don't know about that. You watch way more movies, dude. I do. I, I don't but watch. I watch, I watch the same movies. movie a lot. Like I'll just watch like No Country over and over. And like I, I'm weird like that. But uh, you, when you're doing this, you know, when you're making your film and you're sitting there and you're dealing, you're dealing with the the pressure of directing and your choices in life and all this stuff. Do you think? Yep. Are you thinking like, well, cute? Kubrick did this and Fincher did that. And are you thinking about them or are you figuring it out on your own? You can't. Yes. In fact, same. I don't, yeah, yeah you don't, yeah. you can't. And you, um, I don't watch movies while I'm making movies at all or mm, around the time of creation, just because it's dangerous. It's very easy to forget where your inspiration comes from and then yeah. you end up doing something that someone else did. Now that still happens yeah. anyways, because those movies yeah. live inside you. It permeates. They're, they're, yeah. Yes, Great films there. live in the inside. But also, yeah. What you end up finding out is that the reason why great directors chose a certain shot for a certain mood or in a certain time is because it works. Yes. It yeah. works. It, it delivers the emotion. And that's why they do yeah. it. And so you end up doing those same things anyways. Um, but um, yeah, not once do I go, oh, what would so-and-so do? Because that yeah. then why am I doing it? Yes. I thought that right yeah. before we were cameras rolling on and I was, I thought to myself like, well, See you later, guys. And I was like, this is my time to find yeah. out what I like. Because I think I told you, I didn't really yeah. know what blocking was. And then I figured it <laughs> out. Amazing. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah. And I had Tyler, same thing. I had Tyler do the, I was like, enter the room. How would you do well, it? For, oh, for cool. those those of you who don't direct films and are doing sort of digital stuff, basically, I mean, it's all the same as working in Unreal, right? Is that you get the, you get the actions done. Yeah. And then afterwards you put the camera. Yeah. That's yeah. the way you do it. Right. And so that's well, you why you get incredible stuff from an actor that just gives you gifts. And that was what Tyler was telling mm -hmm. me. He's like, I'm going to give you some gifts. I'm like, what do you mean gifts? And he would do gifts. And I'm like, this is a gift, you know, and I would punch yeah. in on it. And then oh, yeah. we were so thankful in the end, you know, when we were editing together, because Tyler and I edited, it was really cool to see the difference in perspective of his performance and my view of his performance. And that was really fun. And it was, I think, that there's so much to gain from that experience of watching somebody do it. So that's cool that you yes. did the same thing because that's a hundred percent right as a low budget on the cuff, get it, grind it filmmaker. You cannot control it as no. much as you would if you had no. budget. And also yes. you kind of don't want to because no. what your actors give you, I was really surprised how much handheld I was doing. I was like, why am I doing hand? I didn't think I would do that, but I did because there was an energy to what Tyler was doing. I'm sure it's the same for you, right? Yes. I mean, I imagine you do a lot of lockoffs. I love oh. lockoffs too, but you and, and handheld primarily. tells you handheld tells you when to do it. That's what's crazy. Yeah, about it. yeah, that's like, true. It really does tell you. Like in yeah. Come True, there's some handheld moments, even mm -hmm. though the rest is super super controlled. Yeah, and so when you're watching the movie, you'd be like, "Oh, why is that handheld?" It's because at the time it tells you to put it there, and it creates that different vibe right yeah. away. And obviously, we know that now. You know everybody is so studied in film too. Mm -hmm. Like it's so different. Like it's film so is a different. language. Film yeah. is a language now that we, a lot of us speak, even if we don't know that we speak it. Yeah. Um, and so and there's these rules, which I don't agree with, you know, yes. to be completely honest. And like, that's what I was saying when, when, when I went into it and I know you feel the same way. It's like, 
I just threw it all out. I said, that doesn't matter. Those are other people's rules. I'm here dealing with my choices. Well, I remember the choices. first time I was directing uh, a television show and someone oh, you've crossed the axis. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'll do whatever the frig I yeah. want. Yeah. I oh, it won't being, cut. And I'll be like, oh, it'll cut. Yeah, do whatever Trust I, me. I'll do whatever I'll I want. do whatever to. I want to do here. <laughs> like, yeah. you, don't t- you can't yeah. tell me like the rules of like 1980s television, you know, like it's- Yes. Like, these, aren't, these aren't rules because- I mean, listen, would they have worked in 1980s television when you were cutting two headshots together? It would look weird. And also this, but the, I know the aspect that, ratio you know? Is, is different too. And all these different yeah. things. Uh, yeah. That's what I, I, so that's, that's cool to hear. Cause you do, you do. So you have Julia come in, you have the set ready, but yeah. it's, it's not dressed and stuff and you're just having her go through it. Yeah. Right? And I have an idea of what's mm-hmm. going to work best. Mm-hmm. And I sort of look at it from that angle. Yeah. And then from there you go, oh, you know what? It'll actually be better from here. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually see where the light's falling and things like that. You go, this will be, this will be a beautiful way to do it. And it'll also tell the story. Mm-hmm. And you, and you use, you build in lights when you work. So it feels natural. It feels lived in. It feels, so you yes. shoot a lot again, like with, with lights, you know, um, natural light and yes. then a uh, supporting light. We and have, what, yeah. and in, the, in the case of like, let's say if you ever watch Come True in the sleep study, you have mm-hmm. bank lighting over top, yeah. which is like, which is very flat. But what we would do, and no one can know this, is that we would turn off a couple bulbs mm-hmm. so that I would have stronger bank, you know, just behind mm-hmm. and, 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 and fill Mm-hmm. There was half the the exposure. So little tricks like that where you would have the full bank on in the back and then just turning off. So you could do this really quickly yeah. just with light switches and create like all the stuff you need yeah. in the space. So instead of setting up giant lighting grids and all the rest of trying yeah. to figure out ways That's to do it. That's a time suck. Yeah, same within yeah. The, in the, in the sleep study room with the purple lamps and stuff. Mm. If you watch the film, if you look up top and you look mm. at what's on and what's off, it's, mm. it changes all the time. If you were to really pay attention, mm-hmm. but it's there to create and to cut out the, the, the actors moments and memories of, I remember of the wonderful cinematography that you captured. Cause you, it's, it's, it's funny to, to, to forget how many roles you've done. And at an excellent level, some shots that I remember just like my mind is, is the main scientist or the main therapist how you captured him, the backlit yeah. against the natural light and his glasses and the refraction is so stunning. And then her in that room, I won't spoil it for those that haven't watched the film, but when she's talking with the other, the one that's leading the thing and that natural light that's to her right, that felt so good. And I mean, there's so many iconic moments when she's on the, the, the slide at night because night shooting on a budget I mean, it's hard. That's it's probably the hardest, right? Yeah. yeah of of yeah. all. Yeah. Cause you so don't the have fina- the, the finale of come true was yeah. very hard to do with a crew of five. There was yeah. a lot of moments, a lot where, of froggy foggy. Yeah. Well, basically I would be on a walkie talkie <laughs> yeah. and Nick would be, you know, in the out, field, with, out in the fields with <laughs> fog machines and yeah. like, okay, hit the fog. And you'd have to wait for the exact right settling of the fog because yes. it's all really there. We don't have people there to fan the stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's very, very iffy but it all worked out yeah and you had this big light source coming down and i mean yeah how we did all of our light sources was honestly we went on amazon and i found these light poles that could go up so high (laughs) like like crazy and then we just put these leds in and it it all worked out but we had to do tests and we had to go out at night and make sure this was all going to work you don't show up on set and go "Hmm, how do we do this which is actually how a lot of stuff weirdly you know even that's the professional the levels. You do. It actually does happen, but it's weird. So, like for come true, 
just so everybody knows is yeah we shot for 60 days but we also i think we had two months or three months of prep yeah that's where it was just so me clutch. and nick yeah and howard running around and making sure that we had everything we need and we paid painted all the props and i remember i was sending you photos all the time of like us in like spray yeah. paint garb it was awesome you know? yeah it's awesome it is yeah. awesome you're it's with so your buddies exciting. and you're making art and you're yeah. doing it you're doing it and you're getting paid to do it albeit you know <laughs> not tons <laughs> not tons but come on but enough you know? to survive yeah there you go getting I mean, paid at all to you, do what you love is 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 a, is a <sighs> gift we've talked about that tons on, on on the podcast before is that yeah getting paid to do what you love is a gift and a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody who's out Blessing. here complaining that, you know, oh, I don't know. It's, dude, do you know <laughs> what you could have to be doing instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, it's like, you know, the choice to do it. There's a responsibility with that choice as well. And it's yeah. not, I, I just, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to paint the most realistic view of what you're doing, what you've gone through and what you've done uh in this very it's short not, window not of realistic. time <laughs> yeah it's really hard to do unless you're yeah. living it but it's based on instinct and all those things i uh yeah it's 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 i would i'd urge everybody that's listening to this if you haven't watched come true you should definitely watch it um i think it's a very special film i think it's really important to support artists like anthony as well because he's going out there and he's making these things with his friends as you as you heard and and other talent and it's important to support those kind of things and also you know i know anthony listens and 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 and, and acknowledges a lot of the feedback even good and bad and i think that you said that helps you oh yeah it helps you kind of guide your kind of navigation as you move through because um i don't want to jump over come true too much but like now you're you've gone through the come true process it's gone out worldwide release all of these things it's on hulu it's crazy that the you know your film is out there the thing that you had in your mind you went out there and made it on the the on the budget on a sony a7s2 yes which is a point and shoot like budget camera you know and you shot with that camera because you knew it you're familiar with it has incredible low light very versatile sony cameras are amazing for that at the time that was the banger and yep. now their new versions are and now insane. the fx3 is the is the continue continuation yeah. of the bang that technology is incredible yeah. the low light's insane um the color got better but um but yeah that was crazy that you shot it on that and and how you kind of figured all those things out and editing and all that stuff i mean i remember so uh francois well, myself and connor we were well, helping with some of the cgi stuff and there's these things i won't tell yeah, you so in come true there there are dreams and we had a team so in post doing that <laughs> yeah and, and as so, you're editing it and stuff you were yeah. so i learned so much from you on that process because you had rules like if a shot takes longer than a minute to render it's not going in the film and i love that because as a cgi artist you go like well i could add this and that and all these things yeah. and then oh it's 10 minutes to render a frame and you're like well that's i like happening. conditions i really yeah. like conditions because yeah. it makes you get creative right so yeah, yeah. so on you the, on, were pushing on through the craziest stuff so fast i was like how's he doing this and francois <laughs> and i were looking at like how is he producing this level of work so quickly and it was really humbling and amazing and inspiring i learned so much you know you learn so much when you do the thing yes because yes. you learn instantly i'm right here i thought i was here but i'm right here and i was really humbling it was really great 
I took a lot. I know that Francois and I both took so much from that experience because we were developing passage with this little short kind of thing that we were making mm-hmm. uh, in tandem, like prior. And then you had come true, come along and we we're like, oh, these dreams. And we was like, oh, this is like this perpetual thing, which is really cool. And I won't ruin it for people. You should definitely watch it. But it was so cool. I learned so much from that. And, and you know, I think that I just learned that you need to be focused in your intention and set parameters. Yes. And, and if you don't, emotion, totally and emotion, <laughs> emotion, emotion rules those p- parameters, right? So, yeah. So if it's not serving the emotion and it's just cool, yeah, no, it dump doesn't it, work. Right? Yeah, yeah it doesn't it. work. Yeah, yeah. As much a as bunch you of dreams, to, there's yeah. a bunch of dreams that didn't even make it into the film that we made, mm-hmm. and it's kind so of many cool things because we, we cut the film down a couple of times after we had completely finished it. Yeah. Um, my favorite stuff. Yeah. My favorite dreams are always yours, though. You know. Like, <laughs> They're so cool. And I think it was perfect because I, I asked myself and, and I remember talking with Connor one time and he was like, he was like, do you think Anthony likes this? And, and you think Anthony's going to use this? And I said, honestly, Anthony's just going to make better things than us. And he's going to just put that in the film. So <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. 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 And that's what happened. So it's okay. No, no, 100%. No, no. You know, and the reason why I think is because you're in that pressure chamber. As much as we tried our best and tried to give you as everything we could, you're in that pressure chamber of like, I have everything on the line. I have families, money on the line. I have friends. Yeah. You can't put that and on in. I just wanted it. And you be, did it. Yeah. And it was in your head to, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing is that it, it yeah. was in my head. And so as much as it, you know, we as tried much as, I, <laughs> as much as I am a director, mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things can't be really directed. Yeah. Because they're, they're psychological projections they're paintings it's like yeah we're trying to make a very specific painting and i'm i'm trying my best to hold hand which is mm. that's that's the the weird thing about art right and it it's almost why i i'm blown away that movies even get made mm. because how do you tell an art team what's in your mind and have it effectively <laughs> brought to life you know, like it's very, very, very challenging, super challenging. Or you have yeah. like a situation where it's like a perfect storm, like alien where Ridley yes. has a Dan O'Bannon script. And then all of a sudden Geiger appears and you're like, Oh, he's already making this thing. Well, you and know, that's the thing is that that's serendipitous. You, know, you got Geiger and, 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 and you don't need to art direct no, him. That's what I mean. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's what those moments where you're like, yeah, you're better you're, than anything I could think of. Just and, go. And I remember yeah. listening to like uh Denny Villeneuve talk about working with Roger Deakins and his wife, Denny was telling his, like his wife was telling Denny, like you need to let Roger do his thing. Cause he's better than you. And he, and then Denny's like, ah, oh, like he was fighting with it. But the, the fact is Roger Deakins is one of the best in the world because of his pedigree and what he's done. And, doesn't yeah. mean he shouldn't be questioned by all means question everybody everybody should be questioned nobody's the best but it, at the same time i would have definitely questioned him on that police uh, that interior. station all the lights were on come on man come yeah on, dude. we're talking about blade runner <laughs> 2049 yeah well, well you and i are are diehard fans of is it jordan jordan's uh cinematography of blade runner one because oh, yeah in yeah. my opinion there's a couple of films that are uh, the probably the best cinema that's ever produced. Seven's one of them. Blade yeah. Runner is is another. Um, Darius Where Conti, the, art, yeah, the just, artistry of oh, it's of just insane. Minutia is so wildly it's just insane. Amazing that you can, you can't point out a flaw in the photography in those no, films. It's just in, it, it's Blade, insane. Blade Runner, the first one, is just one of those things. You're just like. It doesn't make sense how good it is on all levels. Yeah. You can point to any part of that film and be like. 
it's a masterpiece painting moving. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. I love that film for that. Just that yeah. reason and as a thing. Yeah. So we talk a lot about your movies, your films, your film career, where you come from. I realize that we have not talked about your music, which is crazy because this is the other part of your life. You're an incredible yeah. musician. We collaborate all the time. You contribute a lot of your work to my work via music and this is also a part of your life that's very dear. Even behind you, you can see your studio, which is adorned in incredible music <laughs> equipment. Yeah. Talk, let's talk about music. Like you've been doing, you've been making music forever. You also go by Pilot Priest. If you listen to Pilot Priest, you know that. Uh, if you don't, you should definitely check out his music. We will have links and all that kind of stuff if, you, <laughs> if you're too lazy to Google it. But um, where did this all come from? You've been making music for a very long time, right? Yeah, I was making music before I was making films. Um, so it's your art, and, oldest art form beyond yeah, like drawing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No. So drawing, drawing, and music are probably in tandem. Mm. But um, first instrument, uh, we had an organ. Mm. But no, actually, no. My dad was the uh, uh, he was an officer in a cadet corps, mm. a Navy cadet corps, and so I he put me in charge. We talk, we laugh about this stuff all the time now. Um, <laughs> because he put me in charge of teaching the other cadets. So I was probably about five years old or six years old. And he put me in charge of teaching like, you know, teenagers how to play certain snare lines or certain trumpet lines or certain glockenspiel lines. And he never thought twice. He just did, thought, Oh, the kid can do it. We'll do it. And your he dad was like that with special. No, yeah. no. He, he also, um, you didn't know you're special. Why would he do that then? Uh, because he didn't know that that wasn't normal. <laughs> so that he knew you're special, but he didn't know you're special. They're saying, yeah, like he, well, he knew his son could <laughs> actually <special>. do it. <laughs> yeah. He, well, because yeah. I have, I have theories about my father. We won't go into that, <laughs> but I have theories that, that he might be a little bit like me. Yeah. Um, got the Bergs, the Bergs. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but, but the idea is that he really treated me like an adult mm. throughout my entire life. And just like, he would have, so he, dads had me do. he had me designing stuff. Like graphic design with Letraset by the time I was five. I did a logo for one of his companies with Letraset. Like, like this is like the stuff. Like, so he's just like, yeah, oh, cool. that's kind of cool. Like, so I thought of like, oh, I could do, you know, there's this one logo he had and I learned how to do the Letraset. You know what Letraset is? Uh, it's like a, like a, like a, like a paper with all the, these, these, these fonts. You could buy font paper. Ah, yes, and, yes, and yes. It's the old way to, to do rub on yeah, like yeah. graphics. It was, a, it was, crazy so old school um so that's what uh, i would do is do these graphics for him and then as he was really into computers mm. and uh he got himself an amiga at one point and i started doing graphics and like titles and stuff on deluxe paint and this is like when i was like probably 10 years old <laughs> you know you have much of a childhood do you think or yeah, I had a great yeah. childhood. Yeah. I was on set with my dad. He was a military advisor because of his role in the military and cadets and stuff like that. Mm. On, Worked on, on Rambo, the, right? Yeah, that was one yeah, of the one of the highlights. Think, yeah, we must have talked about First Blood. Before. First Blood. Yes, First yeah, Blood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That has to have had a massive impact on you yes. at such an early well, age. One yeah. thing my dad did do a lot of outside of the music that was just inherently, you know, like getting me to teach the kids and cadets. Um, is that he listened and just today he was telling me about records he found. Mm. Um, he's at home, he's got the flute today. And, and uh, <laughs> he, um, he was saying, I found all these records and they're all soundtrack records. Mm. So he would listen to soundtrack records a lot. Mm. And I think that is the formative thing. It's a huge influence on you. Yes. Yeah. Is that, so he listened to two kinds of things. 
funk and soundtracks. Oh, there, there's Pilot Priest. There's Pilot Priest, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally it. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. There I it describe is. your music as funk merged into the sonic space of sound, like sound uh, soundscapes, really the soundscapes of film, yeah. cinema scapes, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a there's a beat. All the all the drums and everything from funk mm-hmm. really, really uh, like moved me. And then you have all the notation and the and the 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 emotion of the soundtracks. Yeah. And so that's what we listen to all the time. That makes sense. Yeah. And And you're still um, doing it. You love your music though. That's one thing I do appreciate. Like you will listen to your music only. That's sometimes you'll do that, right? Like, well, because I create my music for for yourself. Listen to. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's how it started. So, so I would create pilot piece stuff because, um, there weren't a lot of like pieces of instrumental music that had like modern beats and they were instrumental and you could listen to them on repeat while you're working and not get sort of inundated. Yeah. Bands like Air spoke. that are some of your favorite bands. And so yes. They, they and so obviously like, I would listen to Air a lot. to Canada and, and stuff. But then yeah. Air went into vocals and, you know, like, yeah. like so it's it's a little different. Yeah. Um, but like the early Air stuff in, in very simple lines. But mm. um, yeah, I just started making that music. And also it's just fun. But I, I listen to my music a lot because it also allows me to go, oh, that emotion was hit there mm-hmm. and I'm a- analyzing it on the next one. I'm going to do this and I'm going to change that. And I'm going to do this. A lot of people don't listen to their music, which is weird. That is weird. Yeah. Like yeah. you got to listen to it to, to know what was working for you. Yeah. That's how I feel. I also watch scenes and things that I've created. Like I've watched come true countless times Yeah, because I know, Oh, where did I, where did I screw up there? And where did I, screw, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause, cause you also, you also did a, were a big part in the, the music part of things too, right? You collaborated, but you also did a, yeah. You had so a, electric, electric youth and I worked on the score, but the, the remixes mm-hmm. that are in come true, I had done years before. Mm-hmm. So I did two remixes for electric youth and we just sort of both realized that because they, I had the script, sure. we had talked about it and we had met up and it was one of those things where, um, Austin and Bronwyn agreed that we should hold off on releasing those remixes until the movie because they work so well with the movie. Mm. Um, but that they weren't sense. planned for the movie, which is weird. They just huh. became a pa- part of the fabric. Again, I think that's a, a you know having worked yeah. with you intimately on the CGI part of it and seeing what you were doing. It's the same thing. I think you are such an artist of your own volition that you kind of manifest these things. And I know you love to collaborate with people that you want to collaborate with and want to collaborate with you. But sometimes it's just like, it's cool to just see what you make and go, wow, that's interesting. But I, I, yeah, I find that fascinating, but in the music side of things, you're interested in, we talked about this a little bit too recently on our trip too, is like your potential shift and in interest in scoring movies. Yeah. For I think, people, which I thought was Yeah. Well, because I did it, I did it for a movie called flashback starring mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien yeah. and Micah Monroe. And I had, a very interesting experience in that once I saw cuts and, and read the script, the music just happened mm. and it manifested. And I wrote so many demos that it w- it was one of those things where I realized that it was hyper enjoyable and productive. So mm. I, I definitely do want to score other people's movies mm. because it is, it's something that I think I can do even better than making movies, to be honest. It's a superpower <laughs> like, of yours. Definitely. Well, yeah, I, I, I do think that I will be more successful scoring other people's movies than even making movies. I'm still going to make my making own movies, movies is so nebulous. It's yeah. It's yeah, the yeah, hardest who knows? thing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But the point is, yeah. you know, like there are some people who, 
who are filmmakers and they also shoot other people's movies. And, you know, like, sure. I feel like there are some people who, and, and I think my strongest suit is, is writing music that pulls an emotion out of a, a set of images. Mm. Yeah, I love I think, that. And so I think if I wasn't scoring my own movies, they might suck. <laughs> you know what i mean because it's at that i think the part that is helping the movie is the sure. score to be honest the sc- i mean score and music is such a it's like 50 percent of the experience sometimes 80 depending on like how things are playing and the level of yeah. things but it's they're so integral and they're so connected uh if you don't get it right you're really off and the yeah. film just falls flat or it's over overdue which is interesting yeah it's interesting to hear you say that and i think that like that's a perfect like place for you to put your energy i think just knowing your music so intimately even like i remember you know the sound of your music and then you did darknet and i was like whoa what a departure you know a sonic departure in so many ways and then you did other albums that were kind of you do like this crazy funk thing and then you got really huge cinematic stuff and then like it just got so crazy and you did like I was just in London and I did a talk and I was showing our Akira work and people were like, what the, and I, every time I listen to it, I just, I'm like, damn, it's only like a minute long, but I'm like, it's so powerful. It, it's, it's a real gift. Uh, and it's something that I know that you love and you've been doing for such a long time that I know that it, it's kind of like a natural thing for you at this point where you're just, I would love to see you in your studio and just kind of, Boom, 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 you know, doing it. your thing. I love it. I can't it's imagine. It's so fun. I yeah. love it. Like it is really, and I guess that's the thing is that it's the closest way to seeing a beginning to an end kind of art creation. Mm. And that's why I love it so much is that's that cool. I can create a finished thing very quickly. Whereas obviously a film takes years, yeah. you know, obviously I'm not going to stop doing that. Yeah. But when I think about what makes me happy, obviously helping another director pull the emotion out of the scene that they want mm-hmm. is so rewarding Yeah, that I'm definitely going to put a lot of uh, effort into doing more of it because I, like I had, a, I had a blast like doing that flashback movie. I had a blast creating mm-hmm. that stuff. And they must've been so thrilled because you're going in there with your intention. Cause when you do something, you do it, you don't just half ass it, you put it in there and yeah, that's like, for another filmmaker you're like that's all you you really want from a collaborator it's like just give me everything you can and as raw as you can and we'll do it yeah so well and (laughs) interestingly you know i i I don't think i could talk at a turn but you know that that movie was hard for for chris the director to Mm. to make as well because Mm. it's a different kind of movie and so that movie saw trims and cuts and things that you know he may have not wanted sure yeah the (laughs) process of filmmaking yeah. So the process is always difficult um, to make a movie and, and have it come out. And so as someone, I, I even, dude, I, I've done some ghost scoring, which is fun. Mm. Um, I won't say what movies, but. Because <laughs> uh, you're a ghost. Because <laughs> I'm a ghost. Yeah. But that was a huge blast. I don't care that my name is on it. I care yeah. that I got to do something cool. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're so talented with it. And uh, it's, and I know you've been such an influence on so many other musicians and artists and i and i would just assume, guess that it's because it's you know it's, I, I think it's because you just approach it with your authentic approach which is like i'm going to make the music that i like for myself and if others like it awesome and i think that's, that's a, a one really of the things i tell artists all the time and it's yeah. something i said it like i said at the chilliwack Inter- independent film festival yeah. is that what you don't want to do as an artist 
is beg to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> if you do the thing you love mm. for long enough, the dream can happen. Mm. And what the dream is, is that someone comes to you and says, hey, I really like what you do. Can you do that for me? And I will pay you. <laughs> and, and, and that's yeah. all you can hope for. Mm. Because if you go the other way, and you're that glad-handing dandy who's like, ah, I'm so good, I'm so good, I'm like, you gotta hire me, you gotta hire me, please, please, please. It has You end up being in a different relationship with it. What yes. you wanna do is work on your craft and be, be so good at it that people come to you and say, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. You know? That's it. Because you see a lot of people out there just almost begging to be hired or, or pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah. That's so, not social media as a microphone too. It yeah. Just you don't want to be that. You want to be making your thing and have someone come to you and go, man, I've never seen anything like that. Mm. That is so cool. Or I really like that. You know, all of our yeah. best jobs have started that way with that yes. kind of trust and respect. And then yes. it just grows and it becomes a special relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. The, the, and, and, I think that's the other reason I like music is that I've been doing it for me for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really pure. And like, like you said, it's, it's, it's almost akin to, to food making. It's fast for the most part. It's very rewarding. Yeah. And it's fulfilling and wonderful. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can just, there's so much to it. And there's this, there's this nebula and it's often kind of looked, it's forgotten. I think, it's not acknowledged how significant and special great music is, especially paired to cinema. You know, oh, yeah. I, th I think, I think people go like, Oh, that vis effects are so, but did you hear how those horns soared through there? You know, like, yeah. did you hear that? How that sound? And design? if it was wrong, you would know, and it wouldn't feel the same way and it wouldn't have the, the same impact. And it's, it's almost all, always sound. Yeah. Sound yeah. is that thing where you don't really realize it, but it's like, wow, you know, it's like I was watching under the skin the other day and I was like, yeah. Mika, Mika's Levy's score. And it's like, wow this is so unique <laughs> and such a weird approach to this film and, 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 and ultimately and, and how well it fit. Can so. you imagine if that wasn't a perfect fit creatively, mm -hmm. what people would have said and what, 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 you know, because in terms of score, you know, when you think of that, 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 yeah, that could be seen as, Oh, well, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing there. Like, yeah. where's, you know, the the wrong, where's the love interest? Well, 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 yeah, no, but, no, but in, I'm saying in terms of the score, yeah. like some people would say there's, there's nothing to that score and that there is nothing um, uh, deep, but there is. The, the, the deep is the, the gaps yes, and where you fall into it and the unfamiliarity of it. And yeah. that's, that's a hard thing to explain to people unless they are, on the same page and yeah. so and todd glazer is definitely i think he's on that level of like let's john, get weird you, huh <laughs> jonathan glazer jonathan glazer sorry what did i say todd oh todd that's cool actually i one of my good friends growing up was todd so there you go. the same last name todd. So, yeah so sorry jonathan uh <laughs> um uh yeah it's it's that's a great example of a score that you know if you don't have the the will someone could make you make that into something else very easily. Be like, sure. wait, wait, this is just the drum track, right? 
<laughs> yeah, where's the score you. yeah you know but but it's sticking by that and and knowing that that's the mood and the feel and having a director and everybody on board who goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the vibe and it's going to be so good um the trust of that i don't know how many times i've come across people using that as a temp track and you can hear it in stuff all the time <laughs> um, so funny well it's, it's significant it becomes iconic because yeah. it is is original it's so different yeah yep yeah, and, and that's why so when people tell you they need something just like this, mm. just like that, say, no, I'd, I'd rather create something fresh for you. Yeah, and I, that's usually because, I mean, we're talking about that recently. I I use temp to help me get through that first stage to just get something on the on the canvas. But I'm always, when it comes to, I say, just do whatever, though. Like, as long as it's matching pace with tempo, make whatever. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to match it, you like it, cool. If you don't, then throw it away. Like, I leave it there. Have these like I usually like as I guide acting. It's like give me these three emotions or these two, and then go. Like and everything else is up for you to do. So, which is really uh, it's tricky, but I think it's it's a thin line. It's hard. This is a chicken and the egg thing. Gonna wrap this. I, one thing I no, I want to keep going, but I have yeah, to I go. Know. As you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we could talk for hours. We always I talk know. for hours, as we do. We every time we get on the phone, I'm like, "Well, you're coming." There goes two to three hours every yeah. time. That's what was great about our, our road trip because we were able to just like gab for hours in the truck and go shoot, which is amazing. And it never, it never got boring. No, not even close. We just <laughs> listened to Mr. Ballin's podcast and like the, oh, like yeah. the, the oh, that I listened be, to be way aware. too much Mr. Ballin podcast. Yeah. You have to, you have to take her easy on the Mr. Ballin podcast or I, else you start I went to go insane. full ham and I was like getting uh, like insecure. Yeah, start, like I started going, like, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I can't trust anybody. Yeah. No, <laughs> Who's going to kill really me? Can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was no. my best friend. They, yeah. Made yeah. my head into an ashtray. Yeah. Dude's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Listen to Mr. Ballin podcast is amazing. B-A-L-L-E-N. It's on YouTube. Okay. Anyways, uh, the one of the things I've been trying to do with these is have you nominate the next potential guest. I can't guarantee that they'll do it or the schedules will align or whatever. Who in your mind would you love to have on this show that you either have heard before or you'd like to hear from or think there would be a really good conversation? Do you think of anybody? Yeah. Greg Frazier. <laughs> I I'll, I could try. I've been talking to him, so yeah. that would be. Yeah. It. You I, want I would, I, Yeah, I'd love to hear from him. Oh, he's yeah. Okay, I'll, super I'll, inspirational. I mean, the guy's shooting so many different styles and yeah. so many gnarly, you know, images. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would definitely love to. I mean, what a what a zero to hero thing to go to from me to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, damn. Okay. Well, thanks for putting the pressure on me. There's I, the pressure. I, I know he's busy. I'll I'll do my best. Yeah. Uh, you've nominated. I think him. a I'll lot put... of people would want to hear. Of course. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's what the hell? <laughs> he's one of the best of our time, and he's showing it with his versatility and his skill of image. I mean, I was watching the uh, Killing Them Slowly the other day, and then jumped to the Batman, and then jumped to the Lion, and That's I went I mean. to Dune. I was like, "Whoa, the, man!" The only consistent, you know, it's funny. So at the Chilliwack uh, Independent Film Festival, they had um, a short film uh, section called Cult, and we were watching it, and uh, all of a sudden this. The photography, I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a loser. Like, this is supposed to be like, you know, independent shorts, and this thing looks so good. Oh my God, what is. <laughs> and it was directed by um, Nash Edgerton. Who's that? Joel's brother. Uh, okay. Um, and so it was, it, it, I think it was shot in Australia. Mm. And it was this beautiful short film. 
And it, I was like, how did they afford film? And it looks so good. Oh my God. We get to the end and it's shot by Greg. And I was like, okay, I can feel okay about myself again. He's but literally a going, genius at what he does. Going in there, I yeah. was like, what? Like, this is a short film. I didn't know that it was Nash Edgerton's yeah. film. Yeah. And I was just like, man, these students are like blowing us out of the water now. Like, this is gross. And to find out it was shot by Greg, it just, okay. It yeah, makes sense. It's fair Thank enough. God. Yeah. But it was yeah. very different yeah. than his stuff. And so, love that. The, the only thing what was the short called? It was called Spider. Spider, okay. Can we watch uh, it, it or you have to be a part of it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's available. Uh, um, yeah. But they were going to have Nash Edgerton be a part of the festival. That's why his, mm. his short was playing there. Um, but ultimately, what you see with his work across the whole spectrum is that it's it's always changing, but is always great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very different every time. It's very different, it's but wild. it's always great. And that's the, that's the thing that's weird is that, you know, a lot of DOPs, you can mark, you can see their work. I can't see his work outside of the fact that it's just great. Mm, same, yeah. You know the shot choices and things. They're not. They're not consistent. Mm-hmm. They're just always great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His consistency is greatness, which yes. is wild. But it's not shot styles or a certain lens or whatever. No. It's yeah. It's he like, goes spherical to anamorphic, and then all yeah. over the place. And it's just it's a uh, fox catcher. And like you watch the work in there, you're like, yes. whoa, what the hell? And then. You jump to do and you're like, what? And it's just, that's what yeah, I mean. He's just, phenomenal. He, yeah. His influencers are really wonderful too. He's really influenced by some really special stills, film photographers as well. I'll do my best to bring him well, on. I think that. it'd be amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he, hey, listen, he, if you can't do it, you can't do it. I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I love you. You know, I yeah, love you. Me too, man. I love uh, you too. I, I'm so proud of you. That, that doesn't well, really mean anything, but right, right, right back at you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Some things have been happening. So no, I'm really yes. proud of you. I'm so happy to see where you're taking all of this. I'm blessed that you you exist and, and bring your art towards us and influence us and inspire us. So yeah. And then the last thing I like to leave these episodes with is tell me something that you're thankful for something that you can go. Okay. I'm thankful for that. Health. Yeah. It's a good one. I was That's thinking it, that man. or Stacy. <laughs> yeah, of course my wife. Yeah. But but health. Health is 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 a a huge one that we should all be thankful for. Yeah. That we can do the things that we can and are not hindered by things. And even when we are, we have other parts of our body that works and that we have those things and we can do things. Because not everybody gets a chance to do anything. So Amen. health and loved ones. Amen. Amen. Hell yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Dude, Appreciate you. Pleasure. I like how the light went down. Oh yeah. In the back. I, I, like, I need to fix this. Yeah, yeah. I need to set up have, a proper camera and see, the lights and I just don't want to do that whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> dude. Awesome. Okay, babies. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs>